0: The Spanish announce table.
1: You have found pro wrestling's best podcast. I'm Tim. That's Tom. We got Jeffrey Sills uh, in the chat. We got others maybe waiting to join the chat. If you're watching us live on the YouTube, Uh, which by the way, if you're not watching us live on the YouTube and you're just listening back later, shame on you. Uh, If I can shout out friend of the show, Dak Draper, Shame on you. You should watch us live each week on Thursday. Normally Thursday nights, but it's Wednesday night because Dynamite was last night. And coincidentally, Jeffrey Sill says, I know you guys were at Dynamite last night and we were at Dynamite. He's got some questions. We'll answer those questions. We'll talk about AEW Dynamite. We're going to talk about a lot of wrestling stuff this week. I'm very excited for it. Um, Tom,
0: how's Tom? Good, man. I was talking... Uh, to you before we went live on YouTube about how this week has just fell perfectly for us. So last night mm-hmm. we went to AW Dynamite, sat on the fourth row. What up, Mister Fourth Row? Uh, floor seats, motherfucker, because we ain't fours. Uh,
1: Man, we should have then... been
0: fours. Oh, nah, I missed no, opportunity. It missed opportunity. But then tomorrow night uh, we get okay. So that was Tuesday night. Then tonight we're recording the podcast, which is fun. And then tomorrow we to talk night to you, we get to watch the fans. Yep, and then tomorrow night, we get to watch Thursday Night Football, which is Broncos visiting the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Poor, uh...
1: Oh, poor Fuck Your Mama 2X uh, on the Instagram. Go follow. Um, it's not oh, yeah, he's a so Broncos well. fan.
0: Hey, yeah, man. it's not going to work uh,
1: out so well.
0: Yeah, uh, fun fact uh, or a little trivia for you. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, Obama was president.
1: Hmm. And
0: Jokic was still in Serbia. Hmm? How about that?
1: Gosh, yeah. You know, I see it every year now, and I kind of was – I forgot what's on the list because I scrolled by it so quickly now because i see it every year it's the things that didn't exist the last time the broncos beat the chiefs and it's it's like TikTok. uh
0: mm-hmm. it's like some, a bunch of things that like are near and dear to our daily american lives you know well we were actually trying to make this like a radio-like program back then that's how long it was we were like hey so tim we got about three minutes till we go to break uh, what'd you think about Big E's slam yeah, on we Dolph had a Ziggler. countdown
1: timer yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> now look at us—we're having fun. Um, so yeah, the, like I said, the week is just laid out perfectly for us. Last night's dynamite—we actually got one of the better dynamites of all time, in my opinion. I haven't watched it, it back on TV yet. Um, but live, you did the Nana Oh, I did, brother. Do you know how I many? So Prince Nana, fun fact, shouted us out on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, as of right now. 6.10 in the one true time zone. How many fucking views that has got? Uh Let's see here. Boom, 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 boom. Um, last time I checked, it was 3,000. Let's see if it's gotten any more.
1: Oh, man, here we go. I mean, you we were have... living your best life. I'm sure people enjoyed that video.
0: I mean, it was fun, you know?
1: You had your Bud Light in hand. Still 3, keeping 000... your balance.
0: Yeah, 3,085 people saw me act like a
1: dumbass. Love it. Tumor and all, Tom was in it, man. He was like, fuck this. I came to na-na. Na-na-na. Yeah. What (laughs) up? And nah, nah, he did. It was a blast. So Jeffrey Sills here, he says, I have a few questions. How was the attendance? I think it was mostly full, right? Like, there was some open spots. Like, I don't want to say everything was packed or anything like that. Um, crowd reaction, though, was awesome. It was loud as all get out there. There was a lot of, like, organized chants that took on very quickly, right? And it, this is what I've said about AEW Dynamite and AEW in general, that I have not felt about a WWE show since I can remember in decades is it felt like a party last night, Tom. Would you agree? Like it felt like everybody came to play and we were all there to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this look, I'm gonna say it because there's a million reasons why I don't like WWE. But obviously I will give them um, you know, credit when they do something cool. For example, that Puerto Rico pay-per-view with Bad Bunny and Carlito and all of that stuff. Awesome. Really cool. Right. However, every time I would say since Probably since I saw the house show that had the Wyatt family versus the Shield. Since that show, it was a Super Bowl Sunday. That was when we interviewed Big E. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. After that, all the shows feel stiff and an infomercial. And here's the even more so on that to go a little bit uh, more onto that point. We go with my brother-in-law, and he mm-hmm. was going to WWE shows, and he legitimately asked me. He's like, "Hey." Like, this is fun, um, but I would rather if, you know, because of money, you know, we we don't have all the fucking money in the world, even though we kind of do. Like, let's let's just go to one of these. And he goes, I would rather go to a W because it's more fun for me as a casual than going to WWE, because he said it feels like they're just pimping out their visa card or whatever new uh, sale they have on shop. And it's like it's not a fun atmosphere. And so that's just. From my account and a casual's account of going to the shows, I love AEW shows. Last night's show was honestly up there. It was one of my top five favorites. There was a TNA show uh, at Memorial Hall. It was a house show. Uh, Oddly enough, Christian Cage was at that one, too. Main event was Christian Cage versus Kurt Angle. That one has a special place in my heart because I got to meet Kurt Angle, and he watched some of the matches behind me, and I was like, hey, man, you like that? And he's like, yeah, and he had a big dip and everything. Anyhow, but last night's show, really fucking cool. Yeah, the one thing I would say is it is a party, and it's
1: great. I think they should do the shooting of the Rampage before now, right? We don't have Dark in Elevation, so, like, we jumped into it pretty quick, which was a unique experience, because I think we've been trained to this idea of, like, you go and you sit there through the Dark matches, and you get ramped up, and then you go, blah. Like, they kind of, we had one Dark match, and it Mm -hmm. was a banger, right? It was Eddie Kingston and, um, and it, it quote, unquote, Dark, like, I think they're going to show that on ROH, right? Um no they showed it on youtube live oh they showed on youtube YouTube. right live so so again not really dark even so like we got right into it and that was unique but i still think like i don't think that would have been hindered if we would have done the rampage before right unless and maybe we get into this later into a deeper conversation if you're gonna do that if you're gonna say hey i get some of you are leaving but the the you know half of you that stick around for rampage um we're going to do stuff a little weird, right? Like we're going to get mm-hmm. crazy. We're going to push the envelope a little, do something, you know, that's not just kind of vanilla. It feels a little vanilla that you sit there then for an hour and you're like, oh, man, thanks, guys. Like time to go, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. we should have left yep. about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, it was a blast. Oh, and he asked about the cost. I mean, you know, we like to get floor seats because we're ballers. But uh, compared to the last time, I think it was about the same one, or maybe it was a yeah. little,
0: yeah. No, it was the same, Yeah. yeah. yeah um so yeah so anyhow uh i think yeah aw shows are amazing and so much fun and last night was no different uh theo just asked did i get madden 24 you Mm -hmm. bet i did and tim's got it tim tim side note about madden 24 or madden in general tim goes on these damn uh, franchise modes where he's playing in like the year 2060 or whatever. This this motherfucker's yeah, like, hey, I got Patrick Mahomes as a uh, grandkid as uh, my yeah. wide receiver. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck is that? That's crazy. You know, <laughs> never uh, said
1: that.
0: Yeah, you said it a couple times. I man. did get to a
1: point where Travis Kelsey retired, and I was like, oh, I'm sad. I was like, this is. I was like, I know this is fake. I was like, but I'm sad. <laughs> well, <laughs> like,
0: man, the way it, the way his legs are holding up so far this season might be coming yeah. sooner
1: rather than later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'm waiting for the NCAA football game to come out. I might ditch the Madden if that comes out and is good, but we'll see.
0: Nah. 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 Um, I don't understand that appeal. But you do. Hey, that's great. That's cool. Love it. Love that for you. Love that for you. Let's talk It'll probably wrestling. be the
1: only thing fun left. The college football is getting to be weird now. So, like, it'll be fun to maybe get a game that I can play for another 10
0: years and be like, remember when this used to be fun? Mm. Uh, have you done uh the the superstar mode i forget what they call it men but like the you get drafted and you're all that i did that a
1: couple years ago on that version of the game right and i don't know it was fun for like the first year right you get through the year and then it's kind of like all right i'm done with this
0: yeah i i I haven't started i was thinking about starting it today i might do it tomorrow um but yeah i heard like now you have to go through a combine and like do bench press and like a 40 yard time and all that stuff Seems yeah, fun. yeah,
1: right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it is it it is like if you played a lot of Madden, you're like, Jesus, this is getting a little mm-hmm. repetitious, repetitive. right? Yeah. Jumping and do that. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, but so. You, but you know what's not yeah. repetitious and not repetitive? AW, because they are having fun. Fuck all you people that says, it's AW cold right now? Because you heard it from some fucking old guy who talks into a microphone, Dave Meltzer. I, yeah. Side note, and then we'll get into it he's not news he's not fucking news just because he says a goddamn quote doesn't mean wrestle talk needs to be like hey Meltzer fuck fuck
1: you man and it's it's fine right like you it's one thing if you're reporting on something to say Dave Meltzer said this right about something because yeah. then you're saying like Dave Meltzer said this now that should also clue in anybody who's been tuned into the pro wrestling you know you know dirt sheet world if you will um, lots of high-ranking wrestling officials and wrestlers have all said, like, fuck Dave Meltzer. You know, we give him a bunch of bullshit all the time just to fucking, you know what I mean, just get him to go away and, like, and to see when he's fucking, you know what I mean, when he's, like, lying well, to his shit other, like
0: that. Yeah. The, the <laughs> other thing, and the thing I, I genuinely dislike about all of those dirt cheat writers is I've never seen them re- print a retraction. They've never been like, hey, so we actually – uh cannot say that that source was reliable we were going to work to be better you know the report that matt riddle is coming back to WWE is not true right it's always well things change well motherfucker then don't report it if things change that's how fucking journalism works you dumb shit anyhow that's my rant let's talk about all this dirty speaking of oh saw- yeah let's take a little trip huh
1: oh you you're about yeah, to say something I interrupt no. you you want to no. take a little trip of- you're already hey. dancing yeah Yeah. i love it see this is why you should join us live on the youtube if you're just listening back later because you can see all the fun graphics that go up when we say right and we see what happened uh in pro wrestling history tom october 16th 2011 tna bound for glory aired from philadelphia pennsylvania Austin Aries retained the X-Division title over Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Rob Van Dam defeated Jerry Lynn in a full metal mayhem match. Okay. Velvet Sky won the knockouts title in defeating uh, Winter, Mickey James, and Madison Rain with Karen oh. Jarrett serving as the special guest referee. Like it. hmm Good stuff. Kurt Angle retained the world title in the main event over Bobby Roode. But the match before the main event saw Sting win the control of TNA back for Dixie Carter by defeating this wrestler in their final televised wrestling match to date.
0: Sting, uh, Sting, uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was Hulk Hogan, right? Like, Remember that? Because then he went babyface because like... Sting yeah. was getting beat up by everyone and mm-hmm. Hogan was standing in the corner. And Sting, to his credit, was doing some good wrestling acting when he was like, yeah. hey, help, me. help me. Right, he was like dying. Yeah, him. right. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Hogan's like, Rrr. yeah. Yeah. Good for him.
1: Yeah, you know, like, whatever. Like, uh, But that's interesting, right? Final televised wrestling match. I say to date, probably ever, you know. Um, yeah. And Sting, fucking, all these years later, still flipping off a of fucking balcony yeah. and shit. <laughs> what's that building?
0: How high is it? No, I can jump off that. That's fine. Let's yeah, do it. I got He's it. Like, what yeah. The fuck? Got yeah. It. fuck
1: him. Mm-hmm.
0: Which mm-hmm. by the way, you want to do a quick little, little trivia thing. Who was yeah. Hulk Hogan's last WWE match against?
1: Oh gosh. Um... Edge. Ooh, close. Randy Orton. Mm. Mm, Randy Orton. Yeah. It had to be somebody of like, I was thinking that era, but like, Top level Yeah, because it
0: uh, just guess because it was point. around the uh, Hogan knows best TV show and Randy Orton was like looking at Brooke uh, and all that stuff. Legend Hogan killer TV thing. shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember that
1: Hogan TV shows. We're going to talk about that. Let's go and see what happened. October seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. WWF No Mercy was held in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm. The fabulous Moolah won the WWF women's title defeating Ivory. That's fun. She was probably mm-hmm. 94 years old at the time. The Hardy Boys defeated Edge and Christian in WWF's first ever tag team ladder match, winning a $100,000 cash prize and the managerial services of Terry Runnels. Yep, that's the thing. Yep. Triple H retained the world heavyweight title in the main event, defeating Steve Austin. In an anything goes match. But earlier in the night, China won the Intercontinental title in a good housekeeping match. Becoming you the first woman I knew it, to win I a man's title
0: in WWF oh, by my. defeating Witch Wrestler. Hey, actually, I'm so glad you brought up this motherfucker. Whose shirt are you wearing? Huh? Hey, it's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, look at that ugly
1: shirt. And you know what? I, I got to say this, too. We love pro wrestling tees. You can go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Oh, yeah. You can click a link uh, up there It says Buy Our T-Shirt. It'll take you to Spanish Announce Table's pro wrestling teesh shirt where you can buy a shirt that will come in amazing quality. We have tested this. Every one that we've gotten and every one that everybody has gotten has told us has come in great. Uh, when it comes to Jeff Jarrett, apparently, however, uh, this one, they couldn't even get the fucking pattern Exactly, fucking centered. It's like a little off, you know what I mean? So like a fucking course, right? A fucking course. Now, if I had like bought a shirt I was trying to wear and liked, I'd probably ask for my refund or a refund or a replacement, right? Um, but fuck it, this is. I'm wearing this because I lost our last picks game. Ah. somehow i'm sure he has insider knowledge or something but yeah look at this ugly i said this before it looks like it looks like a wyoming tourism shirt where he replaced the wolf with himself you see this thing (laughs) you know what i mean that's a great like a picture of wolf head right there see you should be watching us live on the youtube but yes china uh so this was a initially jeff Jarrett won this match but he hit her with the Intercontinental title. And the good housekeeping rules said that you could use any household items as not weapons. The title. And they said, no, 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 no. That's not and a household he... item. Except I'd be like, bitch, I'm the champion. It's in my motherfucking house. I, that would have yeah. been my argument. But, you know, well. they reversed the thing
0: guitar. Out. And then backstage, China what wins. he's talked about is uh, he held up Vince McMahon for a little bit more extra money, and then they kicked his ass to the curb because then he said, I'm going to WCW. They said, get out of here quicker than you can say no. it. Yeah. Go suck over I mean, there, but... then. <laughs> yeah, that is so I great. That that Jeff shirt. Jirt... I know, and it's just it's so on brand for his shirt to be off-centered. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's the definition. Right. Yeah, it's a definition of Jeff Jarrett everything about it's that. a little it off centered like Chibur- and
1: angled wrong i'm like yeah. I like when i'm looking at it i'm like look i you know i have other t-shirts like i see like i'm not crooked right like in that manner like i know that so yeah there we go jeff jarrett sucks and so does this
0: shirt and i'm sure Whoa. that's not protesting t's fault it's probably the graphic you sent him if i had yeah. to guess but that's what I'm saying. It's it's just the best that Jeff Jarrett's shirt would look like. It would be ready to go out the door, but it's not quite because that's the story of his career. Hey, that looks like a good mid card guy. Yeah, not really, not really.
1: It's no. It's probably one of those where it was like, it was like there wasn't a PR firm that sent the image over to Pro Wrestling Tees. It was Jeff Jarrett, right, or, <laughs> doing or Karen. it, and Jeff yeah. didn't make sure it was. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 It wasn't even that. It was the neighborhood kid who he paid twenty bucks to do it, so he could go, go do you know, hang out at the titty bar. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I mean, hey, Jeff Jarrett isn't all bad, right? All right, let's move on. Back in time. And see what happened. On this day. October nineteenth, two thousand eight. Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling debuted. On CMT Television Network. Mm-hmm. The debut episode featured names such as Bill Goldberg, Rob Van Dam, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Judges Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and Jimmy Hart presided over the competition. Featuring the biggest celebrity names such as Frank Stallone, Butterbean, Danny Bonaducci, and Dustin Diamond. And this eventual winner. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. I didn't know if you would remember who oh, I won every episode. Celebrity. Yeah, you watched them all. <laughs> I didn't watch hardly, but I think the first one. <laughs> so bad. Well, because um, I wanted so to bad. know.
0: Like I said, I am a sucker for lists or competitions. And so like, once I get in, I'm like, well, now I got to fucking find out. I'm just
1: going to start making Man. list videos and stay tuned. We're, we're going to do a list here with Tom coming up here. Lists. but Yeah. Hulk Hogan, celebrity championship wrestling. We should bring that back. Right. Who, who could we get now? Maybe we do somebody other than Hulk Hogan, right? No, nah, it's gotta be Hulk Hogan. Cause it has to be that B list celebrity, type of show like uh just below dancing with the stars right like it's got to be the c-list celebrities
0: right? well you know who that would be then because because mm. hogan couldn't do it his age and his health he couldn't do a week-to-week show but you know who's out mm. of work who would definitely CM punk yep <laughs> that's what i was thinking CM Punk, celebrity <laughs> championship
1: wrestling yes and he's gonna get fucking like some youtubers he's gonna get oh yeah some fucking... and it's oh. gonna
0: be him and a steel and uh people that like Chris some Hero. people
1: know right like yeah. they'll get like some that like some people know but you have to like kind of be told what they do and be like oh yeah that's right you yeah, remember watching mm. that show yeah they were like the yeah. third supporting actor <laughs> or
0: or it's gonna be like who's that uh that family of girls that just like dances on tiktok you know the delilah or Delilah? you know what i'm talking about they're mm, their yes, sisters right. and stuff mm-hmm. those girls or yeah, you get you right know, uh, or, or you get, you know, uh, who's an athlete that would like pro Like Sean Merriman, right? That uh, former Chargers linebacker. Him, he would be in there too. Yeah, look at that. Already right, came yeah. on the show. Yeah, Punk, hire a, me because yeah. ain't no one else doing it. <laughs> let's go.
1: Let's go pitch this. Let's go make some money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, hey Punk. Punk, got, hit us up because right. we know ain't no one else hiring you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard that. All right, uh, one last. Back in time. We'll see what. On October 20th, 1996, mm-hmm. WWF In Your House Buried Alive aired from Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, we did. We skipped a day up in here, I think. We'll go back to it. Da-da-da. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog retained the World Tag Team titles, defeating the Smoking Guns. We should get that, right? Mm-hmm. One last run of the Smoking Guns. Mark Marrow retained the Intercontinental title, defeating Gold Dust. Is Bart Gunn still alive? See, oh yeah, like, does he do mm-hmm, stuff? Mm-hmm.
0: Does he work? Uh, does he I go? don't. I don't think he's in the wrestling industry. He tried to do fighting, yeah. like a little bit, mm-hmm. like legit, over in Japan. Uh, but I don't know what he's up to now. He did the Dark Side of the Ring. That's how I know that because they did the Dark Side uh, of the yeah, Ring okay. about the Brawl for All, and he was like, "Yeah, oh, the Brawl for All." Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, he's yeah. like, "I knock people." But out. this
1: night is most remembered for the Undertaker defeating mankind in the main event of the first ever buried alive match, although Undertaker won the match. Before he could bury Mankind, he was attacked by the debuting Executioner, who would save Mankind and bury the Undertaker. And the pay-per-view then ended with the now iconic image of the Undertaker's glove punching mm-hmm. out of the dirt he was buried in. Who played the role of the Executioner? On this day.
0: I swear I don't remember this because I thought it was Paul Bear who just turned on mankind, mm-hmm, and then that's how they did mm-hmm. it. Because I remember Undertaker it brought somebody
1: out with him. It was the executioner, yeah, guys in a mask and nothing yeah. else, basically, right? Uh, Brian Lee. Ooh, no! It was uh, <laughs> it was Terry Gordy. It was fucking Bam Bam up in there. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, as short lived as this sense. was, I don't really remember anything else about the run of the executioner or anything like that. I don't or remember what happened the motherfucker
0: there. at all. Yeah, but yeah, Terry, I I do remember I do remember the mankind Undertaker feud really well, though, as far as like the first steps of that uh, feud, because it was so jarring that up until that point, Undertaker didn't get his ass kicked. Right. It was Undertaker that kicked the ass. And if like the baby face would hit their finisher and get the one, two, three. But that was it. Mankind then came out and he was like doing the you know signature Mick Foley elbow off the apron out to the floor and like leaving Undertaker out uh, on the end of like Monday Night Raw episodes and I remember that was so jarring to me I was like who the fuck is beating up Undertaker this is crazy and right. that's you know then they rolled yeah. reverse and he damn near killed him and held him in the cell but yeah I remember about that
1: Yeah we did skip one so I'm going to go back here we're going to even go back 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 in time of- Um, And see what happened. This was October 18th, 2019. This was not that long ago. But when we talk about it, it's going to feel like a lifetime ago. October 18th, 2019. WWE SmackDown aired live from Indianapolis, Indiana. Shorty Gable defeated Curtis Axe. Oh my God, yep. Mm-hmm. So much potential with that gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. Nikki Cross defeated Carmella Mandy Rose, Lacey Evans Sonya Deville and Dana Brooke In a six pack challenge Braun Strowman Defeated Drew Gulak which Surprise And Which wrestler would fail to win The Intercontinental title over Shinsuke Nakamura When Nakamura was disqualified And then would later team up With Daniel Bryan to defeat Nakamura and King Corbin So he has an intercontinental title match against Nakamura. Nakamura gets disqualified to keep the title. So later, in getting some revenge, has to team up with Daniel Bryan to take on Nakamura and King Corbin, who's feeding with Daniel Bryan. Is mm-hmm. it Kane? Mm, nope, not Kane. Not Kane. Uh, fuck, AJ Styles? I don't know. Mm, you would think that. But it was Roman Reigns. So this apparently yeah. was like right before they flipped the fucking switch, because how long has that motherfucker been
0: yeah, champion now? Like four goddamn years, hasn't it? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So yeah, he was he was not winning an Intercontinental title and in the mixed tag team matches at this point. And suddenly, fast forward here four years, and he's,
0: can't he well, fucking it, lose to anybody. It's not mixed tag team. It was a traditional tag team. Well, you Although, know. Although, the yes, I all, mean, like mixed you know, pairings, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Although it is not traditional for two men to be teaming together as God intended. So I don't know why we call it that. that. Traditional is a man and a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Tradition is a man and a woman. God damn it. You should say that every time. I want to. (laughs) That'd be fun. Oh, Roman Reigns, because yeah, I think now that you said Roman that, because the Baron Corbin thing, that was probably around the time when the dog food shit. Remember that when SmackDown oh, and in uh, dog food and all that? Because he was the big. Yeah, I don't dog. know
1: when that was, but man, Roman Reigns. Uh, we will say this: all, everything they've given him, like he took a lot of their shit to get there. So, <laughs> like, like. I I don't hate the player in this game, if you will, right, Uh, when it Mm -hmm. comes to Roman Reigns and the current state of, like, WWE programming. Like, great for Roman Reigns and Joe whatever his name is, right? Like, great, Mm. but the fucking game sucks, right? Like, the the
0: fucking stage over there sucks. yeah. Yeah, I never thought, and I still don't, to be completely transparent with you, I don't think he still has the charisma to be independently creative and be like that's the shit uh so that didn't help him on top of vince mcmahon fucking sucks as a booker like he always has he did one fucking no he did two stories he did kane and undertaker and he did him and and stone cold steve austin everything else was stolen everything fuck him Fuck em. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, fuck them. I'm with you on that one. But that was all we had for day. some good stuff for this week. So you can tell your friend, parentheses S, uh, this week uh, while you're at work or whatever. Or you can just bore some co-workers you know coworkers who don't like the, the wrestling. You just tell them the facts anyway. Fuck them too, right?
0: Yeah, and speaking of charismatic, let's get into my top five list, which happens to be, you teed me up perfectly for this. Okay. Uh, the topic that you gave to me. Mm-hmm. Who are the top five most charismatic professional wrestlers of all time? Mm-hmm. So here's here's my thought process on the word charismatic. I didn't look it up because fucking you can define anything as whatever you want, right? If we don't you know. fact check, nerd. We don't fact check either. I define in this setting charismatic as someone who can captivate an audience regardless if they're a baby face or heel and also can be independently outside of the promotion that they're in so for example if you were to take i won't ruin my list here but let's just say sting in the late 80s and you were to put him in wwe he's still fucking awesome right like that person that whole yeah. being is going to be transcendent of just the promotion. Whereas sometimes you have people and I'm not taking a slight at him, but Seth Rollins, for example, to me, fear feels very much like a WWE product. You put him in a W he would still do well, but it would be, well, that's the WWE guy, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Right. Like it's not transcendent of WWE. So that's where I came from with this list uh here's the thing i do have it five to one but i think that is kind of insulting because they're all fucking great so i'm just gonna do five to one but it's no, not my no. actual five to one yes it's it's right. i'm listing five but it's not five to one so just don't don't come back and be like, you said number three was and that's fucking dumb it's not really three okay so here we go we're gonna start from what i put in the fifth spot but again not really the fifth spot uh, My fifth most charismatic professional wrestler of all time, Terry Funk. I Good tell choice. you what, you go to NWA, mm-hmm. you go down in Texas when it was him and his brother and his dad. You come up to WCW or you go down to WCW, you go up to WWE, go over to ECW, which was a complete zoo of everything else. And Terry Funk was still Fucking awesome everywhere he went and he was always either a top guy or right there next to it. And so I think he could do anything. I think again, baby face or heel, it was just out of this world, uh, charisma from Terry Funk. And for me personally, the charisma part of the pro wrestling has
1: to come into some aspect that like for folks who don't recognize pro wrestling, they have to be able to recognize that person, and be like, oh yeah, that's one of them pro wrestler folks. You know what I mean? Like it almost like you don't necessarily have to have huge mainstream appeal to me, but like people have to recognize that like you're kind of a star in what you do right like yeah that's where i don't feel like seth rollins necessarily meets that bar in my eyes like i don't know if you threw him out on a random game show that people know who he is immediately without them being like wwe superstar seth rollins right Mm-hmm.
0: yeah someone who makes heads turns you know someone recently right. that i don't have on this list because their career is right. still too short but someone who i still think could be up there with the best is a jade cargill right she walks into the room mm, and you yeah go, motherfucker this is the yep, shit right, right here i don't know yep. what she's doing but yeah she's fucking cool and so yeah now her you know obviously very young in her career so we'll see what happens but she is one that comes to my mind for like today's but i think uh, terry funk best. fits this right like people
1: you could talk to people you know especially older guys like us you know or or older if you mention Terry Funk, even if they weren't wrestling folks, they know who Terry Funk is that he was big in wrestling, that he did some other things, right, and that he was a cultural icon of that of that mm-hmm. uh, you know fandom. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right, so who's four? Number four, and this is again. Now he still lives the gimmick. Put him in any promotion, he's still fucking killing it. And again, it's not actually number four, just up there. But I'm going with the 16-time world heavyweight champion. The Nature Boy Rick Flair. I mean, what to can you say? Day. Like that dude gets paid yeah. to
1: just come into places and be Rick Flair to hype mm-hmm. kids up. You know what I mean? like to this day, he gets paid to go in and like hype college football players up and NFL teams and stuff, right? Like Rick Flair is one of the most charismatic people in all of 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 art in our lifetimes,
0: yeah, exactly. And again, another person similar to, uh, Terry Funk, where it's like, go down to WCW, be an NWA, the territories, come to Kansas City, go to St. Louis, go up to, you know, New York, wherever it is. And mm-hmm. it's motherfucking Rick Flair. So the legend grows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, again, the outside of the ring, uh, but we're just talking about what we see on TV. He might so... not be the
1: greatest dude,
0: but charismatic, not, but yeah, yeah charismatic yeah. off the charts. All right. So now I'm going to take a little bit of a pivot here. Still going to stay say he's chari- yeah, I'm still going to say he is a charismatic pro wrestler, but I think for the time that this person was in pro wrestling, the hurdles that they had to jump through to then still be a star, I think, is almost transcending anything else that I can think of in recent memory. And I am talking about the junkyard dog. I think that the junkyard dog being a black man in the late 70s, early 80s, having to go through the hurdles of racism and all of those things to get crowds that were predominantly white going apeshit cheering you is just. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: And that's it. I think that's what defines charisma, too, is like he didn't even say much. Right. The guy had walk in the room charisma. Mm -hmm. To where mm-hmm. you just, like, it was a party, the people wanted to be there, they wanted to fucking be on his side, and all they yep. had to do was go in and be like, right, motherfuckers? And we went like, fuck yeah, motherfuckers! Like, kind of how we felt when we were in the same room with Nick Gates, right? Like, Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. he, we were just like... Let's go rob a bank with this motherfucker. I don't give a shit. Like, well, let's go. Let's fucking have some fun, right? And you can't even explain it sometimes if you're like, look at Nick Gage, Like, nothing on paper necessarily, right? And so back then, like you said, here's a bunch of racist folks from the South who probably couldn't explain it to themselves. Why they like the junkyard dog? It's because that man had some just gifted charisma. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and another guy that also traveled the promotions, right? He was in WWE. He was in NWA. He was doing the territories. But I just think the reason I put him, you know, so high on on any of these kind of lists is, yeah, the the, the racism factor, right? The, oh, you know, a black man can't date my daughter, but Junkyard Dog could have dinner with us tomorrow night. Like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? I'll buy a ticket.
1: I'll line up to go see the Junkyard Dog. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so and also a, Yeah, and another yeah. reason, like you said, a, a person who, you know, didn't say much, right? I can't really think of the iconic junkyard dog promo, mm-hmm. but man, go watch those crowds. They're jumping off the chairs to get at this guy just to say that they love him. And so off off the charts, yeah. You know as shows.
1: a young as a young man back in uh I would have something faked up as a chain around my neck. It was being the junkyard dog. He mm-hmm. was just the coolest. He
0: is. He's awesome. He is awesome. All right. Let's keep it moving here. Uh, going to the next one, number two. And again, it's not actually number two. Just want to clarify that statement. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're fat and people love you and they don't even bring up that you're fat, you're doing something crazy. And the American dream, Dusty Rhodes oh, yeah. is a motherfucker who I like again walks into the room, you know that, that motherfucker is a star. Starring what? We don't know, but boy, he's gonna sell you, he's gonna sell ice to an Eskimo. You know what I mean? Like that guy had it yeah.
1: going on. You can fuck. tell by yeah, glance at the guy that you're like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, fuck this guy's about to sweet talk me and take me home tonight. I don't even know what's going on here. Dusty yeah. Rhodes. It was just magic in the room, 100%. Like you said, this is not to body shame or disparage, but when you think of pro wrestling, you know, you think of the hard-body, rocked-out dudes. And Dusty Rhodes was not even just not that. He was a bit of the opposite, right? We're talking love Mm -hmm. handles, saggy boobs, you know what I mean? But, like, let's go. Go all Mm -hmm. night. Fucking, you know what I mean? We ain't never scared. We ain't never stopping. And, you know what I mean? Got everybody south of the fucking tracks behind me let's go dusty roads was the
0: shit yeah definitely and now for my last choice here i actually might put this person at one if you put a gun to my head and made made me go five to one but again it's not in that order Mm -hmm. but if you think of today's atmosphere and entertainment we're all about well what are they really like who are they really dating where do they live what are their thoughts on uh political issues where do they lean as far as social issues go right and all of the people content is king so they just pour out their heart and in wrestling they break kayfabe and you find out that oh they grew up a wrestling fan or actually uh you know brock lesnar's case he didn't even give a shit he just showing up for a check right But for this person to still hold up that veil of kayfabe and for every God bless it storyline to hit, I'm saying fucking hit. He makes my list and I am obviously talking about your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, MJF. I don't know who this motherfucker is. Obviously he is starting to now let him let us into who he is. He's a, you know, a man of faith. He's a Jewish man. We'll talk about that here when we do our review, Uh, you know, uh, but, but I don't know, like I'm being dead serious, Tim. I don't know if Adam Cole really is his only friend. Like, I don't know if this motherfucker (laughs) has friends. (laughs)
1: So, well, and here's the thing, yeah, I don't know, you know, we've talked a lot about how MJF is is suddenly battling for, is this motherfucker one of my top five favorites of all time pro wrestlers, right, in mm-hmm. very short order, uh, mm-hmm. very quickly, and I keep, like, whenever I kind of verbalize that to myself via the podcast or something, I always am like, man, is this just really a recency bias, or is this yeah. motherfucker that good, and man, mm-hmm. I don't know, p- nobody's captivated me with his stories and the way he approaches kind of, you know, his approach to his art, like MJF in pro wrestling in a long fucking time. Um, he's really goddamn good. That's interesting. Like you said, maybe number one of all time on the most charismatic of all times. Um, a couple of my outside looking ins, if I was throwing that would be like a Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, right? Those dudes had walk in the room. Cool. Um, yes. But man, MJF, I don't think necessarily has that as much as he does have the like, people are like, who is that? Right? Like he carries himself like a star. He is a star. And he has told us the whole time. You guys haven't figured it out yet. I'm going there. Like I should be there already. Get out of my motherfucking
0: way. And I, it feels like people are starting to get out of the fucking way, man. He's good. Yeah. And the other reason why I considered him on this list. And again, why I ended up putting him on the list was because of this, content you know attention is the new currency so you have to make sure that hey i'm here hey i'm here hey i'm here this motherfucker wrestles what 12 times a year right like he ain't wrestling every week now he's mm-hmm. starting to wrestle a little bit more but he didn't wrestle last night you know what i mean did- right well did you see
1: the video that that i sent you where he was he said that recently their recent press conference about like his wrestling style and like the flavor and like mm-hmm. Kind of where he was like, hey, listen, that's cool and all, but like, I'm I'm trying to find a. I think it's cooler to make you cheer while avoiding doing that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to fucking do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and to the out, and to and again, another reason why I think he's so charismatic is to the outside person, they can't figure him out, right? Like I said, I'm in this bubble. I'm in this bubble as much as anyone else is in this goddamn bubble, and I don't know. Like I said, is Adam Cole his only friend? Fuck, I don't know. This dude
1: has flipped off make-a-wish kids and shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he is. The shit. I don't know that there's an on and off, right? I think right. he
0: fully lives it, yeah. And, and that's the thing is if you can live it and you can convince people that this is actually not fake and this is real life, man, you got something that a lot I'm of people you, don't have.
1: I am shocked at the ability to go face so easily and so quickly without having to change much about his like attitude as a character, but well, has the crowds bought in and it's just, you know what I mean? Like
0: playing the, the, the face role so goddamn well. Well, you know what he does better than anyone I can think of, of recent memory, obviously there's going to be someone who, you know, if you go back to the, late nineties or whatever, but the thing I think he does so great is the thing I think we always want when bad guys go face is that there's still an element of that bad guy. So for example, if you looked at one of his last Instagram posts, uh, someone took a photo of him praying before a match and he goes into this, you know, a couple paragraphs of, you know, he's a man of faith. He doesn't care if you are, it seems silly to be getting that angry about things like that. And all of these things and this is why he does it before each match and all that and he's like so i really mm-hmm. hope that we can all be you know in this thing together except jay white fuck jay white and it's like that's the bad guy thing right because when they always go face when bad guys always go face it's it's a hundred percent well then everybody... now i have
1: buddha <laughs> yeah, like patience oh, yeah yeah
0: or everyone can do this together and mjf yeah, still keeps uh-huh. that like you know what though Fuck that guy! And you're like, well, that isn't a good quality. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. He's <laughs> essentially said,
1: grit. like, I'm still a scumbag. We just we all now
0: dislike the same people, right? Like, right, exactly. Kind of the only difference, and I love it. Yeah, and that he has a friend, and he's starting to open up. Yeah, he's the best. He's the absolute best. And so yes, yeah. that is a subtle portion of it. He's not necessarily like changing how he
1: approaches his job, which is pro wrestling and and beating other motherfuckers right to a title, mm-hmm. but he is changing, how open he is and guarded, right? And right. non toxic masculinity, right? Like letting mm-hmm. that, letting some of that go and being able to feel safe in doing so. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, so there you go. That's my top five most charismatic pro wrestlers of Love all time. Just good stuff. Yeah, just to recap it real real quick. We got Terry Funk, Rick Flair, Junkyard Dog, Dusty Rhodes, and. AEW World Heavyweight Champion MJF.
1: Yeah. God. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So speaking of the world heavyweight champion of AEW, we saw mm-hmm. him at AEW Dynamite Titty Tuesday. Excuse me. Title Tuesday. I mean, I wouldn't have it would have been all right if we would have done Titty Tuesday also. Just saying yeah. TonyCon, if you want to think about it. You do have the Titty Master there with John Moxley. So we could crossover is easy here, but we were there in Kansas City, Independence, Missouri, and we had a blast, Tom. As we mentioned, you can go to our Twitter X account and see Tom doing the na
0: na. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Twitter. I've told you this before. It's Twitter. You go yeah. to Twitter.com. I don't know why people think we got to call it X just because some fucking guy put a symbol there. <laughs> Fuck him. If we can just keep him. calling it Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He fuck that guy. It, it tell he tells <laughs> us we got to pay for it. and We
1: all leave. Just keep calling it Twitter. And then be like, all right, exactly. fine. Yeah. X cancel. Right yeah.
0: Can, yeah. Yeah. Fuck Elon Musk. But yes, yeah. we had an amazing time. You can see that video on Twitter. Uh, most likely we'll chop it up. We might put it on our YouTube. We might put it on Facebook. We might put it on Instagram, all the stuff. Uh, such a great time. As Tim mentioned, they got right to it. So doors opened at six o'clock in the one true time zone. And 630 was the first fucking match. My home and standard time. After, yeah. Right here in Arrowhead time. We got right to it. And let's talk about it, Tim. So before AEW Dynamite went live on TBS, if you tuned in to the buy-in on YouTube, you got to see the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship and the New Japan strong open weight championship on the line as champion dual champion eddie kingston took on murder grandpa minoro suzuki and gosh again you know we could have a list of a hundred if we really wanted to but that list that i just have had of uh top five most charismatic uh wrestlers of all time these two make strong cases to be on there you know what i mean like the working man, Eddie Kingston, who goes in there and fights his demons and perseveres, even though sometimes he loses. And then murder grandpa, who just walks into the room and is like, anyone want to fucking fight? And everyone looks down at their feet like, well, I don't know what's happening. No, here. I do not. Yeah. yeah, No, I do
1: not. Yeah. yeah. Great match, and you know, yes, I was talking to your brother in law. Um, we were sharing stories, right? He had been on a trip to Greece a long time back, and I just recently had this first time, you know, he and I had seen each other since the last AEW show. And so we were talking, but that match was going on, and at some point, I'm, I'm having to like battle. I was like, hold on, man, like, let's continue this conversation a little bit because we have a murder fest going on up in here, mm-hmm. we have a titty slap battle going on, right? <laughs> Shout out Tony Storm. Um, It was awesome that knowing Eddie Kingston enough to know how much he probably was like geeked out to be doing this and then just delivering on the, just beating each other up just
0: for funsies. Right? Yeah. That's, that's the thing is I've been critical of this style of match only when it's everyone doing it. You know what I mean? When it's like, if Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki do it, awesome. But if, for example, Brian Danielson and Swerve did it. Well, now we're kind of jumping the shark because in this match, as we saw after the match, these were two guys who respected each other and essentially was just saying like, we're not going to cut corners, but who's the fucking tougher of the two, right? Who's going to be the one that falls and I'm going to give you the opportunity and you're going to give me the opportunity and we're going to see who fucking falls first. That was the story of the match because yes there was like one exploder suplex i think there was a couple kicks to the chest things like that but it was Mm -hmm. you hit me i hit you you hit me i hit you and then we're going to see who doesn't stand up at the end of this and because it was two baby faces i think that's why it worked for me if it were any other people i would say like why the fuck are you letting them hit them right but because of the respect and all of that it was more of a we're just going to find out who's the toughest. Not really who's the best wrestler. Not really yeah. who's the best, you know, things like that. It's just who's going to be tougher tonight. It,
1: it works with Suzuki. Now, it helps if you're aware of Suzuki and you know who, you, who he is, right? Like, we've talked about this. AW Dynamite isn't always the best about going like this person. Like, Suzuki, but, we know, is kind of traveling the country doing this, right? It's like, who wants to step up and, and see who can fucking stand toe-to-toe? And so, it is a bit of that that's kind of part of his matched out the moment now because he's become that right like think you can stand up to a fucking 75 year old man I bet not right and some of Correct. y'all lose and some of y'all don't right um, and so that kind of fit there like you said for this moment because we've got if anybody were to answer that challenge right if anybody was crazy enough it's Eddie fucking Kingston
0: Yeah. And, you know, for an AEW audience, which that's what Tim and I are, we've seen Suzuki enough now to understand Mm -hmm. that style comes from him. Right. We've seen him wrestle Danielson. We've seen him wrestle Jericho. We've seen him wrestle other people. So he has enough body of work in AEW specifically that when he goes up against Eddie Kingston and they start doing it, we don't go like, what the fuck is this about? Like we understand their their story without having a six week build to get to the match. Now, the other thing that I will say that's funny is, uh, and this is just me being a just a prick. Um, it's hilarious. It is hilarious that people think Minoru Suzuki is a striker. Dude, when he was in Pancrase, they made rules that made him actually have to strike because he is a grappler. He is a fucking grab your ankle. I'm going to twist the shit out of it. He doesn't punch people. But now, because he's, again, murder grandpa, and that it hits better pun intended, than submission-style wrestling. He's a striker. But if you follow the group... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stretch your nose out your
1: asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah,
0: He was more of a... Obviously more aggressive and more uh, of a mean streak, but a Zack Sabre Jr. When he really fought, that's Mm -hmm. how he was as a competitor. Not a, you know, Chuck Liddell or big knockout type of artist. But uh, anyhow, it's pro wrestling. You can recreate anything. It's just if you followed his career for long enough, you're like... But it's not really real. But anyhow, it was fun for what it was. Loved it. Eddie Kingston got the victory. Uh, post match, they slapped each other in the chest and then hugged because that's what men do: is they slap, meet, and hug. Right? I mean, they out there a little other. bit.
1: Um, we're kind of cutting you out. But I think what you're saying is they ended the match by slapping the shit out of each other as like a post congratulations kind of. They a slap meat. Yeah. yeah. They 100%.
0: slap meet, and they hug, and that's what men do. Yeah. Right.
1: That's what we did when we saw each other, when we greeted each other, when we got there, and when we left, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My wife just got home. That's what we're going to do when we walk up. That's how humans interact.
1: Yeah. Slap Next me. Next time I pick up my wife from the airport, I'm going to, like, just whap. And,
0: and then, then hug. hug. Yeah, exactly. All right, now let's get into what kicked off the show. And as mentioned, if you want to go to our Twitter page, you're going to see me act a fool. Because we got in the opening contest for the number one contendership for the TNT championship, Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland. And actually let me back up just a little bit because I have this on my rundown as the first match, but that's not actually how AEW Dynamite kicked off. It kicked off with Christian Cage in the truck, mm, yes, saying that it was him who is allowing 30 minutes of commercial free AEW Dynamite for the fans, and it was him who is wanting to see who will be the winner of this match between Brian Danielson and Swerve Strickland. And it is him who is the biggest star in pro wrestling, as you can tell with the TNT championship around his shoulder. And I tell you, this had a lot of Christian Cage in it this episode. And I am here for it because he is hitting grand fucking slams with his shit right now.
1: Again, somebody who, maybe not in the top five, right? But if you wanted to say Christian Cage might be in my top ten list, like, you might be right. Um, He just is one of the most detestable folks when he wants to be, right? Like, just, we... We were booing the man just sitting there. Somebody start the crowd started chanting, fuck you, Christian, and he had done nothing different for the last five minutes. Right? Like, he was just sitting there in a right. the chair. Like, you could even see his face kind of like, looking at the crowd being like, what did I fucking do? You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, well, fuck you too. He yeah. is so good at being so vulgar and just like, mm-hmm. you're like, dude. I think it also helps too because, and maybe this isn't true, right? Like, maybe Christian Cage knows how to fight or something but you look at you're like dude I will fucking knock this motherfucker out (laughs) you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I will beat this dude's ass so it's so great it works so well he's so good at it he's awesome he's one of the best heels in the industry right now for sure
0: yeah. And to jump ahead just a little bit to your point, we were seeing him uh, sit on the uh, sit in a chair up on the ramp. And yeah, there was a couple of times where I felt like he, if he wanted to like to break character was like, Hey guys, there's a match there. You should probably look at that. And we're like, no, fuck you. <laughs> like well, I don't care about you, that right man. now. Fuck you. but I want to tell you, I don't fucking like you. So yeah, that was good. Uh, so now, so yeah, good. now, now let's get into our opening contest. And again, it was Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland. Uh, Prince Nana walked out. You saw me acting act ass, doing my fat guy dance, trying to be as cool as Prince Nana. Nailed it. Failing. However, nailed. I will say, I said on Twitter, man, I hope Prince Nana approves. And he says 100% he did. And he retweeted it. Thank you, Prince Nana. I knew I was a fan of you. You're the best, pal. I've got an idea. We
1: start doing segments where we watch something and we determine failed it or nailed it.
0: Right. Ooh,
1: I like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Failed it or nailed it. And I think you nailed it uh, Thanks, with your man. Nana. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm giving that one the nailed it, right? Nailed I, think it. I, had, I think if
0: I had I I think if had a shot to do it again, I would have taken the beer out of my hand because I looked a little like, oh, he's been five beers in. It was like, that was my first one. So oh, I would have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I would have, <laughs> like, you know, so I could get both hands involved instead of carrying. That would be the only critique I would have. There'll be plenty than- more.
1: You'll have plenty more opportunities to. To hit the yeah, that would be
0: my uh that would be my only critique besides looking like a melting candle um but yeah, look you swerve when you drive usually that involves mm-hmm. you don't mind. drink and
1: drive you... kids don't drink don't and do drive. it it Adults, is horrible. you know maybe you know but kids don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here we go we got brian danielson and swerve i'm gonna start Strickland. throwing.
1: i just came up with that i'm gonna throw that in i'm be like don't drink and drive kids i'm like Adults,
0: you know, just yeah, being
1: responsible. We'll it but out. Kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, kids, you <laughs> shouldn't do, do it. it. <laughs> you
0: got a lot to live for. Um, so here we go. We got Brian Danielson Swerve Strickland, back and forth affair. We got stomps uh from the top turnbuckle through Brian Danielson's chest. We got stomps to swerve Strickland's head. We get all of the types of action that you would expect from two of the best wrestlers in the world. And towards the end of the Finished match,
1: dudes too, right? Like Dudes, who look like they haven't had a carb in seven years, you
0: know, like they're out there to to run. You know what I mean? Well, that was the closest I've ever been to Swerve Strickland. Like, I haven't got the chance to meet him like I have others. You know, uh, he's also a thick boy. He ain't yeah. he ain't scrawny. He's, he's got no, some. He's no slouch. No, uh-huh. He has a, got a barrel chest yeah. to him. Um, but yeah. So towards the end of the match, we got Prince Nana taking off his uh, crown and getting all in the uh, ref's face and. <sighs> passes the crown to swerve and swerve is going to hit brian danielson and then from out of the crowd here comes hangman adam page and he grabs that from swerve strickland and says you ain't fucking cheating asshole and that allows brian danielson to get his finisher on swerve and brian danielson is your number one contender so what did you think about the opening match what do you think about the results um
1: good right i think this was a good way to maintain the swerve hangman A battle right like we're we're not done with that but then we can get you know a clean easy win for danielson that doesn't make swerve look like he just sucks compared to danielson right so i think it worked pretty well i think it worked out well
0: yeah it was kind of a a tough spot for both guys because if brian danielson loses well shit you know what i mean like he was kind of on the Ascension with the Ricky Stark stuff, but then he would just drop off. With Swerve, he was on the Ascension after the Hangman stuff, but then if he just loses clean, he falls off. So it was the best for the matchup. On paper, again, you want to see this, this wrestling match between Danielson and Swerve Strickland. First time ever, by the way. Uh, so we got that. We got the cool part of getting those two guys to wrestle each other. And yeah, it does extend the Hangman swerve strickland uh feud which i honestly thought we were done with at the time so tom
1: are you conflicted like jeffrey Sills is here he says i love you hangman but don't put your nose in mogul
0: business no hangman can do no wrong what are you talking about hangman hangman can piss in your beer and i'm okay with it like i don't give a shit hangman is the best hangman shit over mogul business, then all the time. Look, I love mogul business. Look at this, huh? Look at this. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, if you're watching the YouTube, you're seeing it, huh? Look at this. But yeah, listen, I might do the
1: Nana, but I'm doing it on my horse as I'm riding. Yeah, and, whoa, sunset, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. Nana on a horse. That yeah. should be the title of the episode. <laughs> Nana, on, Nana a on a horse. Yeah, um, so yeah, hangman. I am one, I will ride till the end of this fucking earth for hangman adam page i don't even care love him he's my best friend we know that uh um, jeffrey
1: still says it still wish it was for the bang bang belt well you know more on that to follow maybe right
0: you might get a bang bang belt The gang bang gang fuck them uh we'll talk about them uh after this though we get samoa joe and he says guess what motherfuckers this Saturday begins his ascension back to the AEW championship. And again, he looks Mm -hmm. cool. Looks like a mob boss. I would counter this, or I would add uh, to this. Don't you have a championship already? What the fuck are we doing about that? Like you're the ROH TV champion. Fuck that title. Like lose it or something. Cause it seems weird to be like, I have this championship, but fuck it. I really want that one. And it's like, what just, well then why did yeah. you get the first one you know what I'm i am
1: saying? just think maybe he should pull in some old nemesis and uh start his own little main event mafia right go get him a scott steiner go get him uh you know what i mean a, maybe like you know get some get some old uh fucks like that and get get some uh no no, no no right get
0: some <laughs> oh love it uh let's let's book it let's say she's not only ugly she's fat i love that the way he says that at the end is so fucking great but let's let's have some fun real quick we'll get back into our uh recap let's talk about it if you were to book the new main event mafia in aew with aew wrestlers who are you putting in it let's just say it's a group of four to five it can't you know don't you don't have to go to five but let's say five is the cap four is the minimum right there who are you putting in there so we
1: got joe I feel like I would do Samoa Joe. I feel like I would do Christian and Adam Copeland, right? But I think that's when they would do their run again as, like, we're the greatest tag team of all time. They're going to do it as heels as the main event mafia, right? Then we got Samoa Joe, um... Fuck it. I'm throwing Sting back in there. I'm having him run again, right? I'm having him as the tie in there. And oh, yeah. then uh, who's a fifth? I'm, I'm blanking on a fifth for a moment, but you got you got five in mind while I think about
0: it? I'm thinking a hit? bit, yeah. So I, I'm going to have fun. And here's the thing that uh, I'm also doing here. You're going to see a lot of size. This is going to be a big boy group, okay? So I'm okay. going... Samoa Joe. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a female because I hate when it's all dudes, right? Like mm. let's get into some other storylines, right? Let's help out the women's division. So that's what I'm going to do. So here's what I'm going to do. Samoa Joe, Miro, Keith Lee. Uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name. Um, Oh God. Uh, she's pregnant right now. T- uh, Ty, Conti. Uh, yeah. Ty Conti. Yeah. Right. That's her name. Ty Conti or Ty Mello, whatever yep. it is. And then my fifth yep. is going to be... Ty re- <laughs> Yeah, Taya, yeah. Uh, and then my fifth, because I think it works better when there's like... Because all of those are ex-WWE people, right? Even Tives, right? She was in yeah. NXT. But I always think it's fun when then you get a homegrown talent, right? You pick off a homegrown talent, and I'm yeah. throwing Jack Perry in there. Jack Perry, because nice. he's going to be your bumper, right? So that when you do have to do tag matches, it's not Keith Lee and Miro, like well i'm kind of the same person right yeah uh he's your he's your change of pace but they're all fucking massive and they're all gonna kick the shit out of you
1: so since mine was more of the like hey these are some veteran you know champs uh and i was missing a fifth i i like your idea of of making like kind of with the judgment day we're gonna add a woman in in on this one so i'm gonna then do soraya right she's gonna fit that group right so we'd have samoa joe sting soraya christian and adam copeland right as the uh I like, like tag team going around the main I event like mafia it. 2.0 right yeah. I
0: like it. oh uh jeffrey sills <laughs> saw says, 2.0 Have... last night by the way that was awesome that was jeffrey sills in the chat says uh swerve can play the role of booker t in main event mafia. Yep. swerve mm-hmm. is a great option too swerve is a great option as well uh i just think yeah i want to i want a big boy group you know what i mean like these fucking folks you know, Jesus meet, Christ, can yeah. they get through the door you know what i mean yeah, yeah. me Love that shit. Yeah. Um, all right, meat let's get mafia.
1: Let's get the meat mafia going. Ooh, I like that. That's actually a fun name. Uh, yeah. Then you can take me- ma- maybe like instead of Jack Perry and Ty Conti, you get like a meaty woman. Like let's get um. Ooh, my my
0: favorite, my favorite of all time, Willow Nightingale.
1: Willow, yes. Willow, yep. So you get Willow, and then instead of Jack Perry, so you got Smojo Muro, Keithley, Willow, powerhouse. Powerhouse. Yeah, that's a meat group that is a the meat woof. mafia meat mafia literally like, like set up physical blockades from people from getting to things and stuff like that just crushing yeah. things in the back right everybody's prized possessions are coming
0: they've just been meated all over the place <laughs> exactly speaking of meat though we get some uh, uh, meaty boy action on one side of the card where it is powerhouse hobbs taking on chris jericho and i tell you what in short order Powerhouse Hobbs walked around the ring wearing Chris Jericho like a hat. This motherfucker just said, the hell you going to do to me, homie? And beat his ass.
1: And that is what your brother-in-law, again, like, you know, casual fan only kind of comes to these things. He doesn't even really catch it week to week, right? Mm-hmm. But he says uh, "He says to me, he's like, geez, who's the guy against Jericho here? And I was like, oh, that's Powerhouse Hobbs. He was like, yeah, that's fitting. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, it's believable, right? Like,
0: you see that guy and you're like, okay, yeah, all right, he'll beat yeah. people up. He's awesome. Love him. I love him. We met him too at uh all out or whatever they called it, all out fest, whatever. He was super uh, nice. Super nice. Smoothest hands I've ever shook hands with anyone. That's the thing I will like it was like silk. That's I was like, Jesus. Yeah. I remember in the moment, almost I almost said it out loud, but I thought that would have been weird. But I was like, this is the smoothest handshake I've ever been a part of. Anyhow. You know, uh, we talk
1: about Swerve Strickland being the coolest guy, you know, in pro wrestling AEW. And I would say, you know, cool, again, has different connotations. Different kind of cool powerhouse looked like the coolest guy in the room when we talked him, too, right? Just nothing was going to bother powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. And even if it did, powerhouse Hobbs was going to take care of it. So, like, powerhouse Hobbs was cool. You know what I mean? Like, I, he was just like, what's up, everybody? Like, I we're hope just so. Here, ain't no problems.
0: Yeah. So, in powerhouse. Hobbs corner was Don Callis because now Hobbs is the newest member of the Don Callis family. I hope in oh, short order, Don Callis gets in the ear of Powerhouse Hobbs and says, Remember how fucking cool you were when you didn't wear a shirt, but you wore a mink coat outside? We're doing that. Yeah. I would listen, put that motherfucker back into the streetwear yeah. with Don Callis family. Yeah. That's what I would do.
1: So hear me out. is awesome. Yeah. I know we want to make him a thing, but Mm -hmm. like he's the number two in the Don Callis family to the powerhouse Hobbs. Yes. I'm ready for a powerhouse Hobbs flirting in the main event levels. Yes. Being a fucking star because Don Callis is fluffing him up, going like, You're a fucking star, man. You don't Mm -hmm. like you wearing jeans? Bro, we don't wear jeans when we're fucking first class living, right? Like he spices a little Ric Flair into the powerhouse, I feel like.
0: No, 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 no. I get what you're saying. I wouldn't do that, though, because that feels like. Bobby Lashley and the street profits, what they're mm. doing right now, where they're wearing suit. Okay. I, okay. would, I would have him in the Tims, in the fucking, yeah. you know, Jinko. Oh, you can keep
1: it that China. style. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. So maybe not like high style, maybe not first class living, but more just like, this ain't you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you, see this fucking you watch? were a star as you were, where you were from, who you are, right? Like you
0: are and were the star. You don't need to be like that. Yeah. be the powerhouse right yeah because you can you could still stunt on bitches without having to wear a tie right you your mink coat mm-hmm. right like again don't wear a shirt but wear a mink coat the mink coat is forty thousand uh, dollars or whatever
1: uh uh deon sanders kid what does he do he flashes the watch oh, right yeah the time it is
0: check the time you know yeah, yeah stuff like that i would
1: yeah.
0: yeah and and i agree with you Takeshta, great sammy guevara fun But Powerhouse Hobbs needs to be positioned as the, like, no one fucking steps to me. He's a guy who I think, again, even if right
1: now Powerhouse Hobbs hasn't, like, connected the dots to, like, take himself here, you can see the charisma in a Powerhouse Hobbs, right? You can see the walk in the room cool where everybody's going to be like, who the fuck is that guy? And that, Mm -hmm. like, you could put him on a Tonight Show or something and people are going to, like, stop while they're changing the channel and be like, who is that? right mm-hmm. now it's up to him to keep them engaged and maybe we got to work on that a little bit but that's where don Callis can fill in that gaps while he's learning and i just feel oh. like that combination together focused on that
0: combination together could be top level stuff. money money one million percent uh and speaking of hey if you squash chris jericho you might be in that main event picture you're a stud yeah, sooner rather That's than what later. We're,
1: so we're, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, bruv. Uh, fucking the guy who fucking just faced Jericho. The goddamn. Um, oh, Will Osprey. He yeah. couldn't squash fucking uh, Jericho, right? That was part of that whole story was that like Jericho fucking, you know what I mean? They had a Did battle. Way better than fucking Jericho yeah. still
0: go. And exactly. not with powerhouse Hobbs, you can't go. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I'm hoping that that is yeah. the angle we take right now. Take it right fucking now. Right now. Uh, sp- speaking of angles, uh after Powerhouse Hobbs uh gets the world's strongest slam and pins Jericho, uh and then smacks the book out of someone's uh hand that I was standing next to. I thought he was going to smack me, which Powerhouse, look, I love you brother, but I'll put five across your lip. Um, I will too. Uh After he does that, Roderick Strong, we see him hanging out with Adam Cole and he asked Adam Cole to mow his lawn, and Adam Cole's like, I'm in a scooter, and Strong's like, hey, man, come on. So Adam Cole agrees to it. He gives Adam Cole the neck-strong T-shirt, which shout-out to the guy in the row in front of us for wearing a fucking neck brace. And the whole night. The song, yeah, <laughs> and then having the sign that said, Adam, fucking A-plus to you, yeah. guy. who just you said, are, Adam, great.
1: by the way, so... You know, you said at one point a few weeks back that you were like, you haven't seen a fall from grace in your personal opinion of somebody faster than FTR, right, in in a span of a couple months where you were like, I love FTR. And then, like, I haven't seen a rise in grace. Like Roderick Strong, who went from the man that charisma forgot to right now, it felt like the new Ric Flair, woo, at the crowds. People, as we were leaving and coming in, people were going, Adam! (laughs) like, Adam! Like yelling it across the arena in the parking lot. And I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, I hope that stays around forever. It's so fun. Yeah, it was great.
0: And so, yeah, they do this skit here where, uh, Roderick Strong gives Adam Cole a neck strong t-shirt. Uh, Cole asks why there's no cell service here, which that plays into something a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, and Strong says, well, yeah, why would I? And then Adam Cole's like, there's not even a TV. He's like TVs for the week. Okay. You don't watch TV. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And then he also calls TV the devil. Uh uh Calls him the devil. Um, And then Adam Cole's like, hey, I mowed your lawn. I have to get surgery now. I'm out of here. And as he's walking off, Strong says, I need one more thing. And Adam Cole looks over his shoulder. He says, man, fuck. And then he goes, Adam. And then we cut, right? So here is the question. What do you think? So he's moved furniture. He's mowed his lawn what is this one more thing? What do you think it is?
1: I don't know. It's going to be helping him in a victory or something. I feel like, right. And it's going to be questionable. And I think him just going to be like, what was that about, bro? And, and Adam well, Coles gonna be like, oh man, I, you know, and he's going to be like, Hey, listen, it's your business, bro. But like, that's the battle you're picking. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be kind of weird. Right. And I think we're going to continue it from there, but I think that's, it. I think he's going to ask him to like, help him with
0: something or do something dastardly
1: against an opponent.
0: So the thing that I am curious about is if we peek behind the curtain, how injured is Adam Cole in the sense that is this ankle thing, surgery where you're out six months, or is this a surgery where you're out two months? Because I think that dictates when we do the one more thing. Yeah. Cause instantly when he said it, my mind went to, Oh, he's going to ask him to corner him against MJF. We're going to do Roderick Strong mm. versus MJF. And the one more thing that he asked Adam Cole to do is be, in my, be in my corner. Be in my corner. And then you get Adam Cole going like, what? And then from there. MJF like, bro. Right. But then that's the thing is if we oh. stall out because Adam Cole can't do anything like legitimately, right? Like breaking k Fab, he can't do anything. Well, then it kind of falls flat because then Adam Cole just goes away. Yeah, what from would it cover, matter? Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, what would it matter, right? right? So that's the thing. That's where my mind went to, but I really don't know other than that. So we'll see what happens, but I'm definitely interested. Uh, and then also the kingdom was there. They, they tried. Um, you know, that's fine. This giraffe thing, I get it. They have the strongest neck in the wild, yeah. but like. I don't
1: know. I just, I'm here for the Adam. I tell you, it was so fun. Pete, just like, Pete, you just hear randomly just, Adam! and you would just be like, Adam! <laughs> just for yeah, no reason. It's, Fucking, fun. it's I was fun. driving home. Just yeah, like, just driving home. Just for no reason. I was like, Adam! <laughs> Adam.
0: yeah, <laughs> love it. it. It's great. Love it. Uh, all right. So then we get back into the ring here and we get a TNT championship title match. Ray Phoenix, who was scheduled to face John Moxley. John Moxley did not get cleared, uh instead mm. was replaced by Orange Cassidy. And these two had a classic AEW match, which saw Orange Cassidy become your new international champion. Uh well oh I'm I'm so sorry. I wrote here it was TNT championship. That's wrong. It was the international championship. I apologize. International I right. mm. international TNT is uh Christian Cage. At the time, Ray Phoenix, international champion. But the story here, I think, was Ray Phoenix is so injured that Orange Cassidy is taking advantage of, you know, the low health that Phoenix has, and that's why he was able to get the mouse trap and the victory. Now, this is where I get mad hey, at people. Orange
1: Cassidy could argue the only reason I ever lost was because I had fucking
0: become so injured over fifty-six right. weeks at the fucking thing. And <laughs> that's what I yeah. Well, and so here's the thing that I don't like. Mm, how to say this the nicest way i hate wrestling fans um because this is they ruin shit they ruin shit because this is where people go like well ray so actually got hurt in the match and they called it audible and so then ray phoenix like he wasn't even supposed to be the fuck you the story on the tv was that ray phoenix mm-hmm. pinned john moxley so then yes he fucking was like i don't shut up why do you guys ruin these things by fucking wanting to know it you're fucking dumb god yeah. damn it i just fucking hate it anyhow what would you think of the match and i was surprised right because again
1: here we are in a moment where oh the other match contestant couldn't make it so we filled it in with who's kind of involved in that storyline already and was a recent champion like that. feels very convenient. So in my mind, no way did I even think for a hot second that Orange Cassidy was winning this match, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. I just thought, all right, stall week then, right? But we'll get a great match out of this. And that victory happened, and I was like, holy shit. And then we got the confetti and everything. So <laughs> like, it was really setting in. I was like,
0: this is cool. I was like, this is fun. Well, and it even looked like... uh it set in for orange Cassidy. Cause you know, obviously he doesn't get too crazy one way or the other, unless he's firing up during the match, but he kind of was staring at that belt for a long amount of time. And it felt like he was taking in the moment, which was interesting for his character, because again, he doesn't try, you know whatever. what I mean? I mean? Now he does, but right. yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. So it was interesting that that was his reaction to winning the championship for the second time. Now I predict And again, if I'm wrong, I don't fucking care because it's fun to watch pro wrestling, especially AEW, not WWE. That's my opinion. Um, I think we're going to do a triple threat at the November pay-per-view where it's Moxley, Cassidy, Phoenix. Now, peeking behind the curtain, if Ray Phoenix legitimately is injured, well, then obviously that won't happen. But it feels like we've done a little bit of a hot potato with the three of them. So now we're going to settle it by putting all three of them in a match together and see who becomes a champion out of that. That's my guess, but I am definitely interested that now Orange Cassidy is your champion kind of seemingly out of nowhere Uh, because again, uh, again, yeah, he wasn't scheduled to, you know, if you're, if you're in the world of kayfabe, he didn't even know what he was going to do that night. And then he shows up, gets a title match and now he's champion, right? So pretty now crazy he's here. Mm-hmm. All right, then, and I actually did watch this on TV. I haven't watched the whole episode, but I wanted to see what it was like on mm-hmm. TV and man. They actually knocked it out of the park. It was cool in person at the arena, but it was actually a little cooler um, uh, on TV. But next up, we had the debut of Timeless Tony Storm's short film, which, of course, is a silent film because that's how the best movies are made. And Mm -hmm. in the arena, we saw that on the big screen. And there was no sound, obviously, silent film. But we didn't and know was, why there
1: was no sound.
0: No, she said it. She said it. She goes, well, oh. we didn't know We didn't know why. It, it, towards, like, the middle of the first film, then we started to get yes. music. But the first part of it had zero, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then it had right. music. Right? So, again,
1: I think for a moment we were kind of like, is this an uh, AW sound issue, right? Like, right. this doesn't feel yeah. like TBS now, right? Or whoever, right? Yeah, like. Yeah.
0: But on TV, it was done during the picture in picture. So while they were running ads, mm-hmm. the picture that they provided idea. was the Tony storm short film. Yeah. Which is perfect. Cause I ain't watching the other shit. I'm watching the short film and I don't know what this was. It was weird. I liked it, but it was, weird. I liked it a lot because if you start to talk it out, it makes more sense, right? She's unhinged. So why would anyone else be in this movie? she's off her rocker. So she's going to think this is the greatest thing since Audrey Hepburn. Right. Um, But it's also kind of weird and I don't know what's happening. And did it tell a story? I don't know. And so perfect for this timeless Tony storm. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I, I have not watched back on the TV uh, yet. Right. So I haven't got that experience, but I was left going like, Okay, yeah, you know, like I guess, right? It's Tony Storm. She's doing the the, you know, nineteen twenties movie gimmick, right? So that that fits, right? I and I, that was my thought. There was like, I'm gonna need to see how this was on TV, right? Um, but I think it'll fit and be just fine. Again, um, maybe you know, I, I think you had mentioned you were like, we need a few more of these, mm. um, from last week, and I think we could have used a little more that wasn't maybe silent video right like maybe a little more of the character work Mm -hmm. less of this
0: i guess yeah but it was fine I, i didn't hate it no i definitely didn't hate it uh i still would like personally for me what we were talking about last week where it's not as much of the unhinged crazy lady but more of the The 1920s were the best time ever. Now, she is starting to wear the flappers. She is starting to look more of the 1920s film Mm -hmm. actresses of the time. But I want a little bit more sophistication and less I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I need you to figure out that she's neurotic, right, when she talks, not like you see her across the room and think you better, like, change across the hallway right because she might be unstable right like i i need less of the nikki cross crazy right more of the Mm -hmm. like oh you're not all there are you like you think you're in a different time
0: right yeah i I would like that i think a little bit more than just crazy lady which uh we got to see up close and personal the crazy lady go after someone which we'll get to in a moment here um but after that god that was fun we get a squash match and it's Wardlow, and he beats Matt Seidel. Okay.
1: Well, I happen to be in the bathroom for that one. And apparently, like, if I would have been waiting in line for the bathroom, I would have seen part of that match.
0: Yeah, yeah he walked right past your bathroom, yeah. but you were in there yeah. instead of in line, so you missed him. But, yep. uh, yeah, again, cool. I think...
1: Look, I heard Wardlow and I knew, like, time to go to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm going to say.
0: Well i think what i'm here's the difficult part is obviously he needs repackaging right we we, we tried all the tnt championship title runs and all that and just didn't really hit you know what i mean didn't but we to go, his head
1: and shit too but do. to
0: go back to silent assassin after we did that for so long as his right hand man to mjf or he, Excuse me. He was the right-hand man to MJF. (laughs) Then he broke out. And now we heard the reason he grew out his hair was because his father and all of that. Okay, cool. We're getting to know you and all that. To then just go back to like, no, he doesn't talk anymore. It felt like, well, you've kind of passed that point. You can't go back to square one with this. Something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know what it kind of feels like? It kind of feels like, are we making sure we get all the final number of appearances out of this contract that we're supposed to get, and then we're going to move on?
0: I uh, You kind of broke up there. Say that again. I'm sorry.
1: No. Oh, I said, is this more of a, uh, like, this feels to me like a, hey, we're going to get the correct number of appearances out of this contract that we're supposed to get, and then we're going to move on.
0: Yeah, Possibly. To me, it feels like Tony Khan saying, well, they won't remember any of that other stuff. We'll just start here from square one. And it's like, brother, we do remember that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, another squash match. Couldn't happen. Maybe, to it's, it, maybe it's him
1: saying, like, I want to get back to the meat. And then and he's like, all right, fine. Try it.
0: it again, happening. brother, you don't wrestle like it and you don't look like it. You ain't meat. Okay. All right, you're tofu. You want to talk about meat and all you're that kind of meat. stuff? Yeah, you're fucking, yeah. You're 93%
1: lean, lean ground beef, buddy. Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So then after Wardlow walks past you as you're peeing, uh, we go backstage and Chris Jericho is having an ice pack on his neck. And Daniel Garcia walks up and he's like, How's he doing? And Matt Menard says, The hell are you doing? talking to that bitch again paraphrasing and daniel garcia's like i care about him all right i care about him meanwhile jericho doesn't even say anything jericho's essentially acknowledged that they're there but he ain't gonna interject on anything right and that's the segment so what no do you think niceties. Happens?
1: we don't need anything
0: yeah what do you think happens here well you know uh
1: yeah, it looks like the whole band is breaking apart, right? Like, they got rid of the Jericho, but I feel like they're all going to filter apart now. It's basically where we're going, right? Um, and more of that comes in the match, right? But um, yeah, this is just the slow breakup, I guess. Maybe they thought, hey, we're going to run with the, you know, the Jericho List Appreciation Society, right? And then they're like, no, that ain't working. So, time to fucking well that's
0: what i hope they don't do right i don't need chris jericho to be like sammy was my best friend and my protege but he didn't work out but danny you can and then i was like well fuck now he's just gonna stand next to jericho i don't need that shit he's he's the most charismatic of everyone out of that group doing his fucking little (laughs) you know what i mean like that's the shit uh and yes on friday they had a match which we won't ruin but you get to see a little bit more advancement from the uh less Jericho Mm -hmm. Appreciation Society um, story. All right, then we get back into the ring and we get a banger. It is Hangman Adam Page right there versus the leader of the gangbangs, Jay White. And gangbangers. The gangbang gang gang comes out on big wheels. Why? I don't know. Here's the thing. Because you don't like it. (laughs) Well, but here's the thing is when DX was doing this stuff in 97 it was to you know shock the system i don't know another phrase that that was the first one came to mind well it was to be
1: sophomoric like that was the intent was like to to piss on all of this right like stop taking it serious
0: but everyone around was still treating pro wrestling like the you know sport that it was right and so that's why it stood out in pro wrestling today we have so many sophomoric acts that when you come out with a big wheel and there's no story behind it i just go oh so you don't have any ideas okay cool like you just saw that and thought that would yeah, be that fun? means you,
1: you saw these outside the venue realize you could put in you know a credit card and take 10 of them and yeah, we're gonna like, roll them out here right yeah uh-huh.
0: but like are you like you know what i mean like you're not a Yep. I mean, I know they're the the. Yeah, that's what this gang feels gang. like.
1: It seems like they found the rent-a-bikes. Whatever city. Oh, no. they No, yeah, they, they don't have these hanging around Independence, Missouri, do they? So they had to, like, specifically bring I mean, these in. Maybe. Oh, but maybe, I feel like yeah. these are, like, those rent-a-scooters, right? Like, and maybe they saw them somewhere and they were like, oh, people hate it if we ride in on these. And they rented four of them, right? And brought yeah, them in but the then arena. It was like,
0: <laughs> yeah, but then it was like, I don't know. Did anyone care? I, I don't know. It just feels, yeah. again.
1: Fuckers probably but, didn't even put them back. They probably just left them in the arena, too. Fucking
0: probably but again with the bullet club i understand what they did in japan and they did i'll use the phrase again shock the system over there because it was a sport and then they came in saying fuck all that credit to you whatever you ripped off everything but i'll get over that you did what you intended but after they became you know, the mainstream, I know obviously they're not the main mainstream, but the mainstream act that they are, then they kind of felt like they ran out of ideas. And now that we're doing the gold or whatever, it just feels like you guys are holding on to something that was six years ago. And I just, yeah, don't get
1: like fun. NWO Wolfpack felt like, okay, guys, right? And that's kind of what all these Bullet Club, whatever, right? All these extra, the original club, and then it's like, Hmm, guys, I remember who you are, right? Like, yeah. I don't need to keep getting told what you did before. And this, like, I, I, hey, I get the idea. To me, a faction of Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the guns is fine, right? They can be obnoxious heels, just fine, right? But we don't have to be like, oh, yeah, but it's Bullet Club, remember? Remember the Bullet Club and Guns Up and all that? Like, you guys could have just been assholes on your own, right? Like, you could have just been four assholes that liked each other and wanted to be assholes together.
0: I guess to me, I just think they're nerds. Like, I don't think they're assholes. Well, no, you know what
1: they are? They're nerds that act cool. Like, we've talked about this over the years at the Spanish announce table. They're nerds that act cool. They're acting like they think the cool guys in the room are supposed to act.
0: And I don't like them.
1: <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's no, not- I agree. This- because they're wrong. They're, 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 they're not the cool guy, right? They're acting cool. And they're like, this is how cool guy's acting. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> right? Like, no, it's not.
0: Yeah, because like, and I get it, right? That's the reaction. But my reaction is, you know, let's steal a term from pro wrestling. My reaction is x heat. I want to change the channel. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Bye. It's not the, oh, you must, I, someone needs to kick their ass. Fuck them. Like, even when they get beat up, I'm like, yeah, okay. Fuck them. You know? I, I just, yeah. they suck. They suck. Now, Juice Robinson's I feel fun. like Juice
1: Robinson's got, yeah, I feel like he's got potential there. The guns, I feel like, could. Well, you know what? I would, again, if I'm a booker, I'm using them the way you just described it. I'm using them for their X-Pac heat. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Look, this is what I say. We were there last night. I had three beers throughout the night, right? I got one in between the Eddie Kingston match and before Dynamite started. And then I got my second one during this match, and it wasn't because of Hangman. It was because I don't give a fuck about these guys. Like, I legitimately, like, hey, this would be a good opportunity Cause I don't want to watch this, and they yes, were sitting there sense. doing whatever the fuck it was, and I was like, "I'm about to walk out on a Hangman match. That makes me sad." But I came back super quick because it's yeah, hanging, yeah. you know. But yeah, let's get but, into the match. Yeah, let's get into the match. Well, the so, after
1: the match was was more so of what was entertaining about it. Yeah,
0: right. But during the match, so we get Hangman versus Jay White. And we're going all types of wherever, right? And Prince Nana comes out because, again, here's your receipt for fucking up Swerve sort of Strickland's match at the start of the night. And he has the crown, but hang, Hangman cuts him off. But that allows Jay White to get a roll up and he wins for the fourth time. So now it's 4 0 Jay White over Hangman. I actually like that because I think we could do something later once we're all done excuse me done with our storylines we could do the we love a good hangman
1: what was yeah. me story and if i can't like, read jay white yeah
0: or no. the uh, yeah or the i've done everything in this company except for beat this guy what the fuck right like something like that i think is cool because again yeah. one of my
1: favorite stories is this the Tommy used fucking car salesman over here
0: got and he was so skinny so fucking skinny and i'm not trying to body shame but well i break you in half um i'm not even tough but uh Oh, one of my favorite stories is the Raven-Tommy Dreamer, how it took so long for Tommy Dreamer to beat Raven, and that was compelling, right? So we could do something like that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's
1: fine. Yeah. There's no reason in that match that, like, you know, Hangman has to win there. So, again, if you've already got a streak going, leave that nugget for you. You can always beat him at some point, so why not make the first time more impactful by losing a few more, right?
0: And Prince Nana goes out there on behalf of Swerve Strickland that gets his revenge a little bit for... Uh, Hangman fucking up uh, the first match of the night. So I liked it. All right. So then post-match, Hangman chases off hang, uh, Prince Nana. So he's running out there. Prince Nana running out there saying, get the fuck off. you know? And then MJF walks out and he's like, Jay White, give me my title. Do the right thing. Be a good person. I know who the fuck you are. Those people don't even like you. You don't even like them. Just Just be a man and give me my belt. And the gangbangers say, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And they then challenge MJF to say, find three other people and fight us. Let's do a four versus four match uh, and see what happens. I do want to say this about the J
1: white portion of this, which I thought was smooth for a heel delivery. Right? So what MJF said was you bitch, you came out and you stole my title. You know, as well as I do, like, that's not how you get, you fucking earn a title, right? Like, Stop being a bitch. Give me the belt back. You didn't earn it. And Jay White goes, well, my man, well, you know how this works. You don't just come ask for the fucking title. You got to earn it. Like, you can't just fucking, you got to earn it. You have a match coming up with me. You'll earn it if you beat me. I was like, fucking nailed it. Right. I was like, that's perfect. He just said, yeah. Yeah what uh? what I'm rubber your glue bitch <laughs> fuck,
0: fuck you yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah he no, did say this yeah that was great that was good that was good uh but yeah so he says hey um after again an impassioned MJF promo where he talks about not hating what he sees in the mirror which is a callback to the CM Punk promo where he said he hates what he sees yeah, all that mm-hmm. stuff uh but then he they say yeah fine three guys let's do a 4 on 4 match and see what happens then uh we get some controversy and so this is where complete hand of god i didn't understand it it went way past my head it was lost on me until
1: after we left yeah
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i i still don't even technically get it which again well i'm uneducated i'm not the smartest person in the world but we'll get to that let's talk about it first we can get there Uh, um What's his ass? What is his name? The crazy guy. Uh, Juice. Juice Juice Robinson says, guess what, MJF? Next week, I'm going to win the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Then I'm going to beat you for your ring, and you're a piece of shit. And then he says, and you know what I got for you? I got this roll of quarters. And you know what I do with that? I break people's jaws. And this is, again, where I don't know what's happening. Because I know that Juice Robinson has done that in AEW. He takes quarters, he hits you in the fucking mouth, you're knocked out, that's his thing. Well, and he said that, right? He said,
1: I knocked, or I break people's jaws, which that was my initial thought too, was like, roll the quarters, knock you out, got your name on it. I forgot about MJF's quarters promo from before.
0: Oh, so this is specific to MJF. This isn't like a Jewish hate thing, like across the board. This was specific to MJF? So... So it was lost
1: on me. I know he freaked out and got like, fuck you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking whatever. And I was like, that's weird. I felt like it, live, I felt like it tapered off and they didn't have a finish to me because I, I, I'd i forgot about this promo before that he talked about where the people threw quarters at him and said, pick him up. G's now like, I, I do remember up, right? Yes, now I do remember right. that. So, which is not, from what I've... Took what Juice Robinson was saying, right? He said, You know what I do with this? I break people's jaws. Now, was that all planned? Was it all planned to like you're gonna say this, but they're gonna think you meant this, I'm gonna act like you meant that, and we're gonna do that. We'll see as time goes on, right? How they play this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way MJF has responded looking behind the curtain to people makes me think all of this was planned to begin with, right? Like, yeah, yes, he didn't say that, and that's not what he meant, but I think that was planned anyway. Right, to save him from not being the guy who said, I'm gonna throw quarters at you, right? We're gonna make people think you're saying the Jewish thing, but you didn't, and you can be like, Whoa, 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 it's not what I meant, right? And MJF can say, I know that's not what he meant, right? Like that's kind of where I feel like we may be going with it now, later, or they're just doing damage control and maybe none of them thought about it, right? Because yeah, it feels like in the moment it just felt like he was saying, like, I gotta roll the quarters, I'm coming to knock your ass out, right? I'd forgot about the quarters promo, the Jewish thing about that, right? So it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. I feel like we're either going to get, they're going to dive into it and all of this was playing the way it played out, very specifically for that reason. Or they're going to kind of get away from it and do damage control and like, oops, we thought we were doing this and forgot we said this before and so now we're going to fucking forget it, right? Like, we'll see what happens here. But yeah, live... I just thought it was weird. I was like, why did he get so pissed about that? And didn't really have anything to say. Just got really
0: mad and left kind of. So it was, yeah. Well, I get my, my confusion was when, you know, I got home after the show. I just wanted to see what people were saying online because I get bad cell service when I'm there. So I barely see anything that's happening, uh which is good. I should be enjoying the show. So fuck off. I don't want cell service, right? But anyhow, but what I kept seeing was all these people going like, that's poor taste. I wouldn't have done that. That's poor taste. Man, that's a really bad look. And I'm just like, okay, hold on though. If if it's, because this is my confusion still. If it's a story specific to MJF, Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't real, right? This isn't real. So, like, yeah, got the fuck up, right? Yeah, because again, this is what I've said. Yeah, hold on. This is what I've said since we kind of started this whole podcast. And when I get mad that the bad guy said something and people get mad, it's like I've said, you know, numerous times. It's as if we're trying to tell the story of Jesus but we can't mention the devil, right? Like, oh, but the devil does a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's like... So, I think what what some people are harping on...
1: I do. I do get what you're saying. I think what some people are harping on is... So, everything we just addressed, you know, was the roll of quarters meant to reference his discussion about a roll of quarters earlier and the Judaism, right? Like, and if it was... That might be in poor taste due to the current conflicts going on in Israel and Hamas, right? Like I think that's what some people are saying. Now, yeah. That might be correct. However, I kind I'm interested in did they really mean that or not, right? Like because I don't know that they really meant that.
0: Yeah. But well, maybe I, they well,
1: did because the way he reacted was yes. one of
0: rage that you might
1: when somebody's being racist to you. So I don't know.
0: Right. So I think it, it was, right? Now that You know, we've had some time to digest it. I think it was completely meant for MJF to go. I remember being a high school kid, getting quarters thrown at me, called "pick him up, jewel boy," right? And that's why you said it. And fuck you, right? Like, right? Yeah. Okay. But I guess. But I guess my point is, and I understand current situation, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But, But like, let let's just say it didn't. Like, let's say what's currently happening in the world isn't happening. Right. What you're telling me, not you, but general you what you're telling me though is that okay well you can tell the story now yeah. because so jewish hate is okay you just can't do it when like there's a war and it's like well, wait a minute
1: actual jewish hate happening
0: but like yeah so but but i guess i can it's like you know like murder's wrong right but we see it in television right. shows so like if we're wanting to tell yeah. stories where bad people exist then they have to be fucking bad yeah
1: and perhaps I think what MJF is kind of saying is like because that stuff is happening, he feels it is a great time to tell the story. Exactly. He wants to tell them now.
0: Yes. Right. Like I guess my point is is if you want to tell a a story where someone perseveres, the person that's mm-hmm. doing the objection yeah. has to be fucking so, legitimate.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what he's saying is like, hey, listen if you're saying this story can't be told through the medium of pro wrestling well i would say that's a knock on how stories have been told in pro wrestling yeah i ain't gonna fucking do that right like right
0: yeah Yeah, because if we made a movie right now let's just say we made a movie where there was jewish hate people would just be like man that's a movie about you know, a Jewish person. That movie was overcoming. very topical,
1: very controversial, right. but topical. Right. And we would discuss yeah.
0: its merits and what it meant. Yeah. All that stuff. But then, yeah, because pro wrestling, it's like, well, fuck you. We can try again. Yeah. If it's, cause here's the thing. If it's bad in the sense of you don't like the acting, that's not the story, right? You don't like the actors. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But if the story is a Jewish man or woman overcomes being persecuted or ridiculed for their Jewish faith. I think that story should be told in any medium. The story's so like, just fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. So
0: like, I don't fucking get these. And you know what it yeah. is? This is, this is what I think it is, Tim. I think this is, goes back to, and this is not at the same level. So I'm equating this, but it's not equal. Okay. But where my mind went, this goes back to when raw underground came out. Right. And remember the first episode of Raw Underground and there was women dancing and all these fucking neckbeards were like, oh my God, these, these women, oh, we're, we're sure shitting on women nowadays. It's like, why? Cause they're dancing. Now you're, you're saying women can't dance anymore because that's belittling them. It's like, fuck you for getting mad on behalf of people that you aren't right. Like. There are yeah, right. there people yeah. that I was reading that was like, oh, that's poor taste. It's like, well, are you Jewish? Like, motherfucker, MJF yeah. is Jewish. He can tell this story. So, like, fuck off. Right.
1: You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing. I think it kind of like what he's saying. Like, hey, because this new story now has your attention, you might be more receptive to the story I'm about to tell you. Right? Like, and this is a story that happened. So, yeah, I'm with you. I do think this was planned. I. It is interesting that, like, I, then – then I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes from here because, yeah, to me, it's it, it hinges a little bit on this. Juice Robinson said very specifically, you know what I do with this, I knock people out, right? Which indicates to me, his intent is holding the roll of quarters in a fist and punching you in the face, which is not a degradation towards Jewish folks, right? Like, it's anybody right. can get these fucking hands and I've loaded mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah. the, which- what MJF said was people threw quarters at him and mm-hmm. said, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up, right? So... Can we address it, MJF? Maybe misunderstood
0: what Juice Robinson said, even when Juice Robinson was trying to be a dickhead.
1: Like, maybe that comes about. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. the trigger is the quarters, right? It, in any context, when someone's threat, you know, the trigger of the quarters is what set them off, and I get that, right? Yeah, I'm interested to say it, but the people that are, like, taking it on their behalf to be mad for Jewish people, fuck you. Like... Well, I just don't I, get that. MJF,
1: I think he's kind of like, I am Jewish dog. Like yeah, this that's is the me. Thing, Freeman right? is the fucking name, man. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're doing this. Yeah.
0: So, so that, yeah. yeah, I, I just think the outrage is a look at me, Louie, right. Uh, it, you know, oh, Hey guys, I'm also offended. Hey, everyone, look at me. I'm so offended about what? Well, I don't know. It just seems like I should be offended. Fuck off. Have some, just watching TV, you know? All right. Uh, so then yeah, yeah we're very supportive, right? of like
1: like we're very much of like hey don't offend people if you can avoid it right but like some people got to think like not everything is offensive on its face value you have to there's some subjectivity what was somebody's intent what's their purpose what's their plan (laughs) right like all of that comes into play here right like somebody saying something about jewish hate doesn't mean we're supporting jewish hate here right why did they bring up jewish hate what is their purpose are they in mid-story are they like there's all these variables that have to get talked about right like, yeah, it, like calm yeah, it, down
0: right like well that's what we're saying here right like just calm down well kind of what i'm saying is if the bad person says something bad that's the fucking point it be yeah, it would the be point. different especially the
1: story here right yeah
0: yes that that's the difference if it's a good guy right if the good guy says <laughs> look at these jews over here that's not good right the good that's a problem right yes that is problematic
1: yeah Yeah, you have to let this play out because like you have to see if this turns into triple h saying you people and then he wins the match right then it's problematic right like that is a
0: perfect example wrestlemania 19 booker t triple h all of that was bad but then the payoff is that the bad guy wins well that's fucking bullshit right and that's
1: bad right yeah
0: and especially because specific to that story, then they just moved on, right? Because it's another thing that you have to have bad guys be credible. So they have to win sometimes, right? Or, or else what the fuck are bad guys? You know what I mean? But that the end of that, yeah, they story didn't readdress that
1: Booker T never it. got his over yep. in the end, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the part that's problematic. And so that's what I'm mad about when things are problematic like that. But for a bad person to say something bad is the fucking point idiots okay let's let's move off that um then we get uh after that then we get part two of tony storm's movie and she's doing her thing ba, 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 da, 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 and she, it's fine uh and then tim our timing's a little off right my internet connection problem mm-hmm. and all that but we got to do it yeah after this, it t- was on the watch it was on 8 30 yep 8 30 yep, in the one true time zone uh we come back from commercial and tim <clears throat> One second, mm.
1: actually. Right before the main event, yeah. Mhm. Ready? Uh-uh. We go. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's time, time for, for, the women! for the women. And that's what we get. We get a women's yeah. AEW championship match. Champion Mm -hmm. Soraya takes on challenger Mm -hmm. Hikaru Shida. And I will say Hikaru Shida's character might not be the most captivating, the most thrilling, the most sit down and make sure you watch the Shida segment. However, you go through just matches, which I know we are not match guys, right? Mm -hmm. But if you go through the four year history of women's matches in AEW, and you were to rank them the top She's 10 the top might dog. have well, what i'm saying is the top 10 might have six hikaru shida matches
1: like uh, yeah this, she, that's what i'm this saying She's a, tough dog. Yeah. this is the
0: best match of soraya's career that i could think of off the top of my head yeah,
1: it was great it was great Um, uh, we did spend a lot of time about how you talking about how Shida needed some some more pants than what
0: than is was what you, man <laughs> look like, you're making my eyes go to a place that I don't want to look, especially when I'm sitting next to my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard. Yeah. In we, person, you
1: know? like, like there's a lot of openings and flaps on that thing that show some views that you're kind of like, look, well, man, you did a roll about? up. I can't not look there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you're, you're making uh, me look there.
0: Yeah. Like, I gotta, you spread yeah. eagle
1: on the corner here when I'm sitting fourth row back and
0: I, I saw yeah. some shit. Well, yeah, it's like I, I'm sitting next to my wife, so I've got to act like I'm fucking. My watch is broken, so I got to keep looking down here. She like, what the? She knows. Know am to... like, it's so <laughs> she hard, was catching like...
1: a peek, too. She was like, look at Sheeta's ass over here.
0: Well, it wasn't just her ass. It was the front part that was, yeah, what it was the whole portion.
1: Here? Yeah, it was the whole, yeah, yeah the core. So, we'll call it the core. We saw a lot of the yeah. core of Sheeta. Yeah.
0: So, outside of that, though, this was an amazing match. And again, uh, it, caught me off guard because uh we get a back and forth we get ruby soho tries to interfere which then brings out tony storm who jumps the barricade runs right past us and uh tony storm brings out the shoe and smacks the shit out of ruby soho which is fun because again tits Well, they up.
1: battled right back
0: by yeah it. yeah because again it's chin, up. it's chin up tits out and watch for the shoe. Uh, and that's what she had to do. Watch for that shoe. Uh, but she didn't because she got smacked upside her head. Um, so then the finish comes. You could have where... caught a
1: stray shoe if like they ran right by it. It's literally like as she was beating her ass with a shoe, if it would have slipped, you might have caught it in the
0: face. Yep. Definitely. hundred percent. Uh, and so the end comes with spray paint shenanigans. And then uh, Sheeta hits her Falcon arrow for a two. And then they exchange roll ups. But then Sheeta gets the pin and is now the first three time women's champion and now your current AEW women's champion. Tim, what do you make of the title reign for Soraya and now the new champion, (laughs) Hakara Sheeta? You know, another moment that was shocking me in the
1: it, while we were there last night, I was like, oh, holy shit, here comes the confetti again, right? We got a title change. I was like, it is title Tuesday, right? Maybe shouldn't have been so shocked. But, um, yeah, the title Reign of Soraya, I think I expected this to be short, right? I expected maybe to be a more purposed reasoning behind the loss that eventually was going to come quick, right? But I, I figured we weren't going to get you know, 10-match stretch of bangers out of Soraya, right? So that one doesn't shock me that it was Sheeta here kind of did. I was like, oh, okay, right? Like, we're rocking the Sheeta thing again. Here we go.
0: Yeah, I honestly thought with Soraya, because of her uh, still getting back <laughs> acclimated to, you know, wrestling on a more regular basis, I thought she would – uh replenish the outcasts and have women go through a gauntlet to get to her right like that's how she would extend her title reign is you gotta go through ruby soho then you gotta right. go through sky blue and then you, whoever else is in her group and she then reigns you finally over get to right yeah yeah right mm-hmm. i thought we got would we, would get a little bit more of that but we didn't um and yeah to your uh point too yeah hikaru shida i did not have his winning the championship i did not have on my bingo card as Hikaru Shida, first three-time women's champion. Thought that was going to be Britt Baker, True, yeah. if anyone. You know? Uh, so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, Shida is your champion. Got a couple Holy Shida chants in the crowd, which, again, the match was very, very good. Uh, and now we have a new champ. So let's move on. Uh, we get uh, the action moving again, and we get Chris Jericho being taken to a hospital. Uh, bit of good news, AEW is donating... 50,000 AW toys to Toys for Tots. So that's great. Uh, and then we get what I thought. I think I actually missed this because maybe I was just talking and bullshitting. But Don Callis says he has a surprise which involves doing Sammy Guevara's signed deal during a picture-in-picture. So I don't exactly know what that was. We'll there was see what something happens.
1: because he did a thing where um, Takeshita was doing the
0: Oh, the cards. Thing, which again like, was like that Sammy? maybe in
1: picture? I haven't seen the thing back, so maybe that was done ah. in picture in picture. But live, we were kind of like, "What the yeah. fuck, man? This is boring." Right. <laughs> right? Like everyone's yeah. kind of, like, "Yeah, they could maybe do a little bit of better of that, saying like, this is picture in picture right now in TV.' Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Run an ad for like fight forever, but then have your picture in picture so that it mimics what the TV audience is right. also seeing. Yeah, because yeah, there yeah. was
1: twice, I think, at least, where we were like, "Is this what?" Like <laughs> You just heard the murmur of the crowd, right? And everybody's like, what the fuck's yeah. going on?
0: What the fuck is happening? It so Michael Carter uh, saying,
1: hey, yo. Is he saying, hey, yo. Probably. I like that. Good for you, yeah. Michael Carter.
0: Well, keep so, talking yeah, join to the us. The pal-
1: chat with us like Michael Carter here. Yeah, keep talking. We want friends, wrestling friends to so join us. Uh, talk about some wrestling. We're talking about AEW Dynamite
0: last night, which we were live at. So let's get back to that. Yeah. So then we get backstage. MJF calls Adam Cole to come back. And lists off all his problems. Talks about how Samoa Joe's now coming after him. Uh, He's got Jay White and the gangbang group trying to fucking beat him up and all this stuff. And Cole hears him, but then he can't hear him. And then it goes through some cuts. And then the call cuts out. Hmm. And MJF looked like he just saw a dog get kicked because he was sad as can be. But that sadness does not last too long because then the acclaimed walk up and Max Caster says, hey, heard uh, you need three guys. Us three guys. And MJF's like, get the fuck out of here. And just walks off and is like, I'm not dealing with this. Then a bit of dissension amongst the acclaim because then Billy Gunn says, hey, two things. One, why did you just offer our services without consulting us, jackass? And two, what's up with you and MJF? Like, what are you Why are doing you after
1: this dude? Yeah. What,
0: what are you seeing this guy? And then Max Caster just, I don't know. First he goes like, Hey, sorry. I, I should have probably asked about, you know, offering up the claimed as tag partners. But then he says, second, I, I love it when he plays hard to get. And it's like, yeah. so are you a stalker? Like, I don't, cause like, well, it's funny. You know what else right? we got was him saying, was him saying like, "Look,
1: I, I don't know. Like, I, I've known him forever. Ten years. We came up together. Like, he doesn't have any friends. Like, he's got very few friends. But like, I'm one of them. I just like that's just I'm I'm am his friend." MJF doesn't seem to think that, right? Right. Caster does. I think this is a really interesting bit of this story, right? So again, think about this. Pro wrestling lore says, in in the storyline of a world heavyweight champion, the random, you know, tag team, quote unquote trios you know, one of them isn't having an interjection into that storyline where it feels kind of like a stalker, kind of like a secret admirer, but also like he's having dissension with this thing, like all of that mixed going together. And then also we're getting some backstory to Max Caster here that we didn't have before. We're also getting Max Caster acting a little bit out of character, not even out of character, but like he's dropping some of the cool guy guard, right? Like he's geeking out a little bit. He's kind of smitten, if you will. This is all very unique and interesting to me, right? Like, I don't know where we're going with any of this, which is, we say that a lot with MJF, right? Like, there's all these things we're like, I don't know what the
0: fuck we're doing next. And I love it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because, yeah, because the pro wrestling trope is that, well, Max Caster is the, you know, uh, psychic. uh, the, the psycho friend, like a Mickey James, was to Trish Stratus that yeah. then eventually wants to beat the fuck out of her. Right, like that's the vibe it kind of feels. But then, like you said, Max Castor is usually the guy that raps and has the cool things and scissors and aren't we cool? And this is the fucking coolest thing. Yeah, he's cool. You are, good. but
1: here he's. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, a, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm sorry, weird. guys. I just, I'm nerding out over here. Yeah, he's being weird. He's being real weird. Very weird. And yeah, to your point, that one comment that I did miss when I was talking about this was he said, yeah, we started at create a pro. Um, he might, I think what he said is he might not think that, uh, how did he say? I, yeah, I think he, he said, might have uh, believed,
1: like, he may not agree, but like, he's my friend or something. Along yeah. Those yeah. Things, right. Yeah. yeah.
0: He might not think that I'm his friend, but I am his friend. Something like that. Yeah. And like so, very if, if interesting. maybe if only
1: we're just planting seeds for something in the future, like they're doing an excellent job at it, right? Even if we maybe are left wondering what that was about for later purposes, Whoa. like all of this has left me doing exactly that. Like, what the fuck is this about? Like, well, why are thing- they interjected? They're the
0: current trios champs. Why do they need to be in this? Yeah. Well, one thing for sure is if you watch their Twitter interactions, Max Caster has been doing this for fucking almost a year, <laughs> if not longer. Yeah, long so- play for this. Long mm-hmm. play for this story. But we'll see what happens. Uh, All right, so then after that, we get Christian Cage, and he walks down with Luchasaurus. And before the match, he talks a a good game here. He cuts a promo, and he talks about how uh, he is not just like. So the comment I think he was is he goes, "I didn't just grab some people and dress them up like it was Halloween and convince people they're tough guys." Yeah, judgment reference there, right? He goes. He goes, uh, Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus, I am a father figure to them, which fucking chef's kiss with the line. Uh, And then he says, oh, but Copeland wanted to reform the team. How interesting. He didn't want to reform it back in 2011. He didn't want to reform it all these times. But now that I'm the fucking man, now that I got the championship, now he wants to come over to AEW. And you I don't need your bitch ass. Fuck you, right? Uh, and then he crosses the line. Then he goes, "Hey, uh, I know about your 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 kids. I remember Beth. And then he tells Beth, "Hey, put some clean sheets on the bed. The girl's new daddy is coming home." Ooh. and 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 here's the thing that I thought was interesting for the debut, in-ring debut for Adam Copeland, I thought we were going to get all the bells and whistles. So the on this day and fireworks and the, in this could all that. Nope. Adam Copeland edge just runs to the ring. It's like, we're fucking fighting right now, which makes sense. But I thought it was interesting that we didn't get the pop mm-hmm. circumstance yep. of the in-ring debut of edge. It was just, no, I'm gonna fight yeah, these guys. He said, let's go throw hands. And for a hot second, we
1: thought, it was over before it started. That Luchasaurus, mm-hmm. Tombstone. Yeah. Like, for a second, I was like, oh, because AW does a few of these curveballs, as we've said. Like, where you think we're oh, doing yeah. the traditional pro wrestling thing, we go left all right, turn we'll go all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah. So, we were bought in for a second there. We were like, oh, shit. Yeah, those are great. But then the rest um, unfolded, of course.
0: Yeah. And so, then they go back and forth, and we get a fun match. It was my wife's uh, match of the night. She actually loved this match the most out of all the matches we saw. She thought uh, Adam Copeland, especially for his age, did way better than she anticipated. So she was pleasantly surprised. Um, and we get all the fun stuff. The ending is great. I think I want to talk about the ending here just for a little bit. So the ending comes. Where did I write this here? Uh, the head to the apron where Luchasaurus loads up a choke slam onto the steps, but gets caught with the atomomatic or ed- it was called the edge i don't know what it's called now uh and then a spear off the apron and then cage accidentally hits luchasaurus in the back of the head with the tnt championship or no no uh edge stole, um, it him, edge stole it from him hit luchasaurus threw it back at back-
1: him did the eddie guerrero thing yeah
0: <laughs> well and then luchasaurus yeah. looked at christian cage and was like right why did you did? hit me yeah why did you do that why would you do that? And then turns around, takes the spear, one, two, three, Adam Copeland gets the victory. Now post-match, they come down and they're beating them up. Nick Wayne, who, by the way, I'm stealing this because I saw it online. So it's not my idea, but I do think it's pretty fucking great. Nick Wayne, first off get rid of the pukachu necklace bullshit all that stuff wear a turtleneck just like christian cage yes. be in the same oh. fucking turtleneck as christian cage and walk with your, stupid with your face. skinny
1: body like the, the oh. long neck turtleneck will be great yeah
0: speaking of neck strong he needs that shirt oh my god he should join the neck strong group <laughs>
1: It was fucking you get all the thing. long
0: neck people in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be fucking awesome. But no, I still yeah, I I saw that from someone else, so I agree with it. I think Nick Wayne needs to be in a turtleneck. That aside, Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage are beating up on. Um... Hey,
1: we've got to bring up that you you paused Nick Wayne when you told him that his necklace sucked.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, like, that was fun, like, yeah, fucking necklace a... is
1: stupid, and he no, did I mean, a double take and was like,
0: bitch, what? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I he took it. offense to <laughs> that one. He was yeah. Was
0: good. <laughs> Hopefully he had a fucking yeah, He wasn't expecting that,
1: that one. He was probably like, I look cool in this fucking <laughs> this, is,
0: this, is, this is Abercrombie 2002. You should see what if he fucking... ever wears that necklace again. Like he
1: might not ever yeah. wear it again. I hope not. <laughs>
0: that would be the best. That would be oh, the signature win of my life if that happened. But uh, let's get to this post-match. So um yeah they're beating up on adam copeland then that brings out uh brian danielson and then that brings out the gates of agony and swerve strickland which then brings out hangman adam page and then we're getting all the fun of a uh, pull apart fucking hangman got thrown right in front of me It jarred me almost dumped my phone out of my hand that was cool uh and all the fun stuff and we end with um, on donny brook and i believe the last image that you saw on tv was uh, Brian Danielson had the lapel lock on Christian Cage, and Christian Cage was tapping, which then obviously brings to Saturday's right. they have their uh, match, match coming up. Yep. Coming up on Saturday. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But that was I AEW do, Dynamite.
1: The Donnie at the end was odd, right? But, uh, you know, it's a good way to just kind of end it if you didn't have a, a major finish planned, right? Yeah. And um, I do think that was an interesting, unique take on the Eddie spot, right? Where. He hits him with the belt. He throws it back to that guy's partner, friend, manager, whatever, right? And then does the Eddie laid out thing so that his partner thinks, you hit me. It wasn't the ref foiled, right? It, it was mm-hmm. it was two people against each other. I thought that was unique. And, yeah, I'm excited for where we go here. Um, yeah, I mean, I like all the stories. We had a blast at this event. You know, of course, we stayed for Rampage, but we won't spoil those results for anybody. But um, uh
0: had a blast at this event love aw shows it always feels like a party uh they're getting a little bit better and better each time with figuring out some of the details like i said there's still some work in progress but again it's nothing that makes you want to leave the show it's just like oh man you should tell us that this is picture in picture but they are figuring it out and again four years in this company is four years old now let's not act like some of the um sins that they have been committing need to be excused however when you say four years in and they're neck and neck and you know breathing down WWE's uh, neck as a challenger brand that's pretty remarkable so I will say that yeah
1: I'm excited and at some point they're going to give us Nana on a horse so how can you beat that right we'll just leave you with that image think about Nana on a horse
0: the Spanish announce table